Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how Mark Zuckerberg has been selling your mother's phone number. My name is Michael yeah, Mason. Quite literally. With me are Matt Polly. Hi there. Joshua Casey. Yo. Together with the Inglorious Pastors. We also have uh, Father Daniel Stores on the podcast. He's back. I am back. It's been a minute. What episode was he? I think before? roughly twenty-three. I want to say it feels. I felt like it was earlier than that. No, I think it was twenty-three. I still lived in Missouri and I was mowing the lawn when I heard that episode. Just so <laughs> yes. we're clear on the timeline. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea which one it was. It was, it was a while uh, back. I'm looking, but things are different. Twenty-three. Yeah, our gayest episode ever. Yeah, we had. Uh, we only had one microphone then. That's true. And we were all at a table shouting. No, no soundboards. So. Yeah, no. I'm sure everybody wishes Nine for a simpler time. So. Oh, the good yeah, old days. It's intense. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot happening here. Yes. So many buttons there, and machines. There. Yes. So many buttons. Not really for the better, let's be honest. <laughs> so many buttons that are being pushed right now. Um, okay, so we've, we do have some announcements. Um, more more announcement than ever in terms of announcements. Um, Brad is dead to us. No. Oh God! Uh, no, Brad. Brad has decided to step away from the, the podcast indefinitely. Um, honestly, we're not sure when or if he will return. Um, it's he's got some personal stuff going on. Uh, we would ask that you would respect his privacy, number one, and don't drag him on Twitter or on social media. Yeah. That's just not that's not my cool. job. That's that's our job. No, that's my job as his brother. No, I, I'm, you don't I get. get I get to drag no, him. You all don't. I want. It's blood. You don't get to drag him. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, but anyone who's listening to this, don't drag Brad. Be kind. Um, we do have a temporary plan in place for the next four weeks. And then after that, we're going to... Re- sitting to my right. <laughs> yes. And then we'll, after that, we'll reassess. So That's you, buddy. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Did you have anything you want to add to that? No. Bye, Brad. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. No, I'm kidding. I love Brad. I really do want him back. Um, it's okay, Brad. I'm praying for all of them right now, <laughs> and for you, buddy. Uh, um, I mean, if we are going to drag Brad, we should just do. Uh, yes, I guess. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> it's that's more of an in memory. Yes, in memory of Brad. Let's, R- let's pour one out for him. Wow. R.I.P. Wow. Okay. Um, so okay, so that that was the bad news. <laughs> The good news, uh, Dan, Diana, Diana, man, Diana, Diana, wow, Diana Butler Bass, her book, we're giving it away, three copies. Oh yeah, we need to do that, don't we? Yes. So, um, drum roll. Uh, I don't have one, but I have this. All right. Holly Oxhandler. Nice. Yeah, she's at Holly Oxhandler. Is she a literal Oxhandler? We, we know what her. Um, her forebears did. Yes. Well, really? we know what her nickname is, Ox. <laughs> Let's not call her the Ox. No, not the Ox, just Ox. That's easy. Really? We're not going to call her Ox? I, I don't feel comfortable calling, I'm calling anyone ox. an Ox. I'm calling her an Ox. <laughs> not an Ox. I'm calling her Ox. Oh, man. That's a great nickname. Okay. Everybody wants a nickname. Well, I don't know that Holly Oxhandler <laughs> wants to be called the Ox. I didn't say the Ox. <laughs> There's a difference, Michael. Ox. Yes, ox. All right. Anyway. I don't know what that was. 
great. Thing I've got. Josh has a soundboard now. Oh, Fantastic. Great. Just Lord of the Rings. So Neat. we're gonna we're gonna X out of that one. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, number two winner. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, is Megan Jessup? Hey. Yeah. I know her. At Megan underscore Jessup. We'll call her Ox too. No, we're not going <laughs> to call her Ox. Gosh. Um, and then, last but not least, <laughs> Ben Bauer at Pastor Ben Bauer. Oh. Wins a copy of uh, Grateful by nice. Diana Butler. Awesome. Fest. Congratulations. Congratulations, Ox. Slide, slide into our DMs and send us your address and we'll, we'll get it to you. Um, speaking of books, Steve Austin's book at kickstartmybook.com. Yeah. Go check it out. I haven't done it yet. I need to do that. Kickstart that. Son of a gun. Yep. Um, NCAA bracket challenge update. We can finally have one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who won? Matt was number one. Absolutely. The prize went to our number two. (laughs) Yes, it did. Uh, Zach Crater. Yes. Uh, The great irony of my life. I finally fucking win something. (laughs) And I can't collect the prize. That's all right. Yeah. It's like winning the lottery and they give it to Michael. Because <laughs> Michael's second to me in everything. Yes. Shut that off. <laughs> um, the And then uh, I was 10th. Somehow I went from 92 to 10th place. Wow. <laughs> I passed up Brad. Uh, Brad ended at 12th. So. Yeah, I think he had Kansas maybe winning it. Yeah, I had, I had the winner winning it. So. I picked three out of the four final four right. I picked the final game right, or the final two right, and I picked the final game right. That has literally never happened in the history of any time I've ever done brackets. And I've been doing them since I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. I've never gotten that close. All right. Let's, I'm pretty proud of myself. Good job. Buddy. I won jack shit, but I'm pretty proud of myself. Michael, are you proud of me? Um, I, I was hoping. <laughs> can, I win a bo- can you buy me a book or something? I was hoping. No. Why? I was hoping. I get nothing. I was hoping that um, you would lose so you wouldn't be as insufferable as you are. (laughs) (laughs) I love how the other two people at the table laughed. (laughs) All right, let's get into this. That's fine. They don't have to ever come back again. (laughs) Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're going to get through this, we're going to need some fluid. So, hey. What are we drinking? Uh, we got a uh, smorgasbord, mm. kind of. Uh, Daniel, what do you got there, buddy? I've got Brew Link's Crazy Days Cream Ale. It's got a coffin with a skeleton arm sticking out of it. How is it? It's good. It's very nice, actually. I think is it maybe a non-filtered? I don't know. It's good though. I know cream ales are kind of can be hit and miss. It's kind of yeah, interesting this is to a good try one. that. Is that yeah. a good one? Good. I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Sun King's Cream Ale is kind of like, eh, it's okay. It's one of those ones Ish. I liked a lot when I first started drinking. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's one of those. For those. Yeah. This is yeah. better than that. Good. Okay. Yeah, the guy in front of me, it was that was actually extremely less expensive than Sun King, which is not surprising. Sun King, Sun King is, is, is really yeah. way overpriced yeah. and way overrated. Yeah. Um, also, that one is is weird because says says it's from Plainfield. Um, there's just, a, just there's a tap road. room in Plainfield mm-hmm. of that. It's the only tap room they have. No brewery, so they brew. Someone brews their beer for them off site. Yeah, hmm. that's not uncommon. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, it's whatever. It's beer. I mean, yeah. I just you, like the idea. If, if I mean, that's like all these. Local, it's like all the major places, all the major breweries buying up the. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. if it tastes good, drink it. If I, you whatever. go to the website, it says it's local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. 
Yeah. It does say it on the can. Brewed by GJS Sales, Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 There, there's definitely like keywords that you can look for on the cans that'll say specifically if it's like brewed, bottled, and yeah, um, sourced locally. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you got same thing. Uh, Josh is drinking. Yep, same thing. Josh, you want to talk about it? Yeah, we got the uh, the passion fruit guava la maison from Taxman. Um, good. Which Taxman is my favorite Indiana brewery, and la mm-hmm. maison, their regular one, is my favorite beer they brew. So I was uh, I had high expectations, and they were not disappointed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Quite good. Yeah. Yeah. I had their quadruple last night. Their qualification. <laughs> so Everything good, they man. do is good, man. It is. I've not had anything yep. like that was mediocre. It's all freaking delicious. Yep. It's, it's good for a real like free it's, beer. It's local. Yeah. It's brewed local. Yeah, and it really might be. It really might be the best brewery in Indiana. No. I'm not even exaggerating. And the fact that it's only a half hour up the road. Oh, I know. It's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty magical. The um, the, <laughs> and, and like the the fruity side of it is not. It's not overly. Nope. It doesn't overdo it. It's just there. Really yep. I'm excited to drink a lot of that this summer. Yeah, good. that's a good. That's. I hope they keep doing that. I don't know if that's more of a seasonal thing they'll do or if it's uh, yeah, become one of their standards. So, and I am drinking from Rogue. Who also does good stuff. They're Cold Brew 2.0. Uh, it's a good. blonde ale blended with cold brew coffee. Hmm. It, it's one of those, again, it's one of those blonde stouts, basically. It really, it's kind of a mind fuck a little bit because it's, it looks like an ale, but it tastes like coffee, which is hmm. kind of the thing right now. Like yeah. with the New England IPAs they're doing, like that's one of the newer ones. And the, these styles with like the white stouts mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's basically a white stout. Which primarily is just changing the barley that they're using, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I think so. And, yeah. um, but it, mean, re- it really does mess with than... you when you expect something like crisp and fruity and ends up being like mm-hmm. coffee. So yeah. it's good. I mean, I don't, I don't have any complaints, hmm. but I'll be up, I'll be up for a while on that probably though. <laughs> All right. So, it's good though. Yeah. If you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. We offer exclusive episodes of pub crawl, turd talk, hymns of reconstruction and special music. Uh, any level you can access the pastors pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and just about everything else. Josh and I are working on a series. Indeed. Mm, yes. Coming around Pentecost, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. In, in theory. <laughs> you know. On the cosmic Christ. Sweet. Yeah. I think I'm excited about what I've heard you talk about. Yeah. It, so. We're still, I'm, re- I'm still reading some stuff doing research yeah, at this point. But. Yep. We've got uh, some turd talks coming up. Um, Missouri construction mm-hmm. should, should be mm-hmm. good. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, pros and cons. <laughs> Bring it back. You may not know which way to go, but we're here to help you. Turn left or right. Here's some advice. I, I love when you write bad songs. opinions. We're reading palms and dropping bombs. I like when you Here's make 90 references too. The cons. You're welcome. <laughs> your voice, your voice is just magic. Yeah, it was very nice, it's very sul- very sultry, and yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna do the pros and the cons of uh, riding the bus to work. Yeah, commuting, commuting by commuting. bus. Yeah, who wants to go first? I'll go. Uh, a pro. Let's just do it. Start with a pro. Uh, saves on gas and car maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, save money. It means yeah, it's less time that you have to go see your mechanic, Dick Fitzwell, at the local shop, mm, the auto yeah. shop. <laughs> well, that's a. That's a thing. Um, what else? You get it, Michael? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Josh, um, did you get that? I, wait, okay. wait, no. You have to explain <laughs> it to me. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Daniel. I have a con. All right, what's a con? <laughs> it doesn't always run on schedule, and then you That's, miss your uh, appointment. Yes. That is true. Mine Especially that if you very use true. Bloomington Transit. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was getting up early to arrive late. 
Yeah. Oh. There you go. That's there you go. Yep. That's definitely a con. I've got lots of stops in that same same vein. Yeah. Like you just. Yeah. It's it's gonna take longer to get there. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, like the Greyhound trips to Chicago. Oh, it's gonna take eighteen hours to get there. It's like I could be there <laughs> in three and a half. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I've got as a pro, you can sleep, sleep, get a yeah. little little snooze nap. Yeah. Of course, the con to that is you get mugged. Yeah, 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 or well, raped. One of the two. <laughs> yep. Well, that my bus experience that, may be different. That, from that, I knew somebody was going to go there. That escalated quickly. Jeez. That's at the JMJC on Twitter. Josh making I've his presence known. I've had some bad experiences. Known. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Jeez. What? No, never mind. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got a pro. Uh, it's eco-friendly. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say that. Yeah. It helps prolong the amount of time before the polar ice caps melt and we drown. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, we won't. We're. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of water up there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Sure. <laughs> I, I had a, a con for uh, for the weird smells for you know bo and, and oh food yeah and this, the stench of hobo urine that yeah that. yeah you end up smelling like the floor of a porta john yeah basically. I had that one too as a con that's definitely a con that's oh. probably an improvement for you though <laughs> really Is I, that what we're gonna I didn't laugh at that one <laughs> I'm just <gonna laughs> point out. <laughs> Um, I've got a con uh, uh, or a pro. I got a pro. Your bus driver might have a cool name like Flo oh. or Hank or Homer or something like that. Bus drivers are definitely on my cons list. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So I'm just as a class. This is <laughs> as a class. Josh, Josh's classes. <laughs> you are terrible. Um, the, uh, in terms of the, the bus driver uh, in a pro column, Chris Farley could be your bus driver. That's true. That's true. <laughs> now, is it a pro or con that there's no yelling on the bus? Yeah. That's something we have to decide. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Uh, pro. Uh, really good for people like Michael who are directionally impaired. I got GPS. You don't have to time. worry about... Well, you don't have to worry about that, though. Yeah. You just have to get on the bus and they take you where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see Speed? Yes. You know, and how... The one just loves riding the bus because it takes away all the stress. <laughs> yeah. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. You never, that if, bus if Keanu Reeves gets on your bus, get, get off trouble. the yeah. bus. Get off the bus. Well, quickly, before you go over, like, what is it, 35? 50. 50. 50. Once yeah. you go over 50, yeah. there's no turning back. Yeah. When Dennis Hopper's watching from his apartment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's a, For, like, the first half mile, then the bus is out of eyesight, right? No, he had cameras in the yeah. bus oh, where he could right. watch. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kinky. It's been a while since That's I've seen weird. Speed. Well, spe- speaking yeah. of kinky, somehow I'm guessing that movie. I've got both as, as a well. con and a pro. <laughs> here. Is, is, please um, be about Sandra Bullock. Uh, bumpy roads and/or public <laughs> masturbation. So, oh, you know, it's just. Well, I was going to say something well, about one could lead to the other. I mean, that's, if, you, if it's that, a really bumpy road, makes it, exi- yeah. makes it, it that's exciting. That's why it could be a con or a pro, depending on your <laughs> stance. Well, it depends on where you're sitting too. If you time it it's right, all about perspective. It's, you You'll get find the, Luke. The stranger all, effect. It's, it's actually all about distance. Your own point of view. It's like where are you in the bus at that moment? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. From you know? said person. Yeah. Or if you are said yeah. person. Again, I've had yeah. a weird bus riding experience. Yeah, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of ins and outs on that one. Yeah. Uh, I've got a pro that uh, you can eat two a lot can- of ups and downs. You can eat two candy bars at the same time, or two of anything. What? You don't have to steer. Oh. Is that something you've ever done in your life? No, because I drive. See, if I rode the bus, I could do that. I have tried. I've eat, I have eaten a salad while I've drove though, oh. a couple different times. I've eaten soup before. <laughs> uh, the worst thing to eat while you're driving is Chinese food. Oh god, because it's like rice and like it's a hot mess. Yeah, on you've more, done that. Oh, on multiple occasions, <laughs> stop by Panda Express. I, it's like you can't wait to get home. 
Well, not if I'm in like Northwest Indiana. I gotta. So you get that on your while you're working. You get Panda Express on my way home. Yeah, I have well, never once thought. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna stop by Panda Express before I drive three hours. Home. Go through the drive-through. I love me some sugar chicken. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. nothing says class. Sugar like, chicken is great. Nothing <laughs> says class like drive-through Chinese. Yeah, that is high quality stuff. I mean, is there any like really nice Chinese restaurants you can go to where it's like? Is there like a classy Chinese restaurant? Uh, it's yeah. just P.F. Chang's and that's uh, still okay. but that's questionable. more like American yeah, Chinese. That's really Asian well. fusion. It's American but fine dining. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there is really not. It's At least not that's a chain. And honestly, the more divey they are, the better. I yeah. mean, like Panda Express is like the, they're trying to give you the divey food, but you know, It's in a roaches. mall. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a mall with people from Fishers in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm starting an Asian fusion band. So that's, like that's great. Just called the Great Wall, the Great Wall of America. Matt Matt Damon and the Great Wall. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> um, uh, what else do I have? So a uh, bullies as a con. Who wants bullies on the bus? Yeah, there's or, definitely a seating hierarchy. I I got to tell you, ever since elementary school, right? That's what I'm saying. I never sat in the back. I never got. I can never sit in the back. You no. yeah. I've watched never. I've watched a lot of TV. And the bus is never a great spot, especially for like gangs to like pull over the bus and hop on board and flash around a gun. Happens on TV all the time. So I assume that's only reality. Well, no one watches no one watches more TV than you, so you would know. This that. is this is true. That's very true. Uh, I've got. Uh, uh, it's a really good. Uh, as a pro, it's a really good place to practice your saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Learning the sax. That was the other one we did. Sexman. There's so many buttons. <laughs> so many. Buttons. It's only going to get worse. I can assure um, you. <laughs> your hands are free, so you can you can knit, take up knitting, or eat two candy bars, yeah. <laughs> or try to drink coffee. Is it? You know, splatters. What over. was that hand motion you just used? <laughs> this is, no, no, my hand. What was that? This was open as in holding a coffee. I don't mark, know. That's so a pretty okay. pretty generous girth, though. I know, right? <laughs> That's wishful thinking. That's Joshua. in newsfeed. Don't worry. Wishful about it. thinking. Oh man, it's in newsfeed. Don't worry about that. Uh, con, you have to make eye contact and small talk. Yeah, yeah you kind of do. Uh, I've got uh, two words: man spreading. Is that a pro or a con? That's a con. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. It just kind of depends, I guess. Just wanted to see where you're at with the man spreading. <laughs> If it would depend on the man, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but you have that, that is that goes into the con is like you have to sit next to people too. Yeah. So. Yeah, you do. No seatbelts though. Oh, that's a, that's a yeah, that's a pro until you crash and die. <laughs> and you have to stand up for pregnant women. So <sighs> for pregnant women. I, I think we're I think we're done with with like I think we've decided it's not a good idea to commute. <laughs> is that, is that <laughs> where we're like landed? That's no. where it lands. Yeah. Um, uh, I have one more con. Okay. Um, well, there's always that guy that's practicing his saxophone. Let's let Careless Whisper take us into the next segment. I'm very excited right now. <laughs> um, I literally I literally had those two pros and cons just so I could play that fucking song. I, I thought I had a note in my notes from two from a two weeks ago, find the saxophone song. Yep, <laughs> and put it on tonight. Yes, good uh, job. Mission right, let's, accomplished. That's called that's called good content, people. Yes. That's what that is. Come for the content. <laughs> <laughs> I said, come. Very weird. I know you did. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. That's accurate. Um, yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go into the news feed. 
Yes, let's. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the new speed. Hello. All right, so um, we have got uh, a, a news feed item from Sarah Khan. Khan! Very good. Good Thank job. Um, so Sarah Khan, um, she sends us a news feed uh, item. It says, I'm not a cat person, uh, but I am an animal person and saw this article, and it's uh, a way to get some money and stuff for local animal shelters. Okay. So the article is, now you can win a, f- a ton of free stuff for your local shelter by teaching your cat to high five. <laughs> so you can you can help your f- your favorite animal shelter and rescue center by doing something as simple as giving a high five. Um, the the cat po- cat positive positive. You see why it's funny, Michael? Yeah. You see how how they how they did that with that word positive? Positive. Positive like P A W. Isn't cats have? You see why that's funny? Yeah. Okay. Can you make a cat noise? What's your, what? What? What's your cat noise? Jude can do a good cat noise. We should get Jude on the on the podcast. Good luck with that. To the owner. She loves yeah. meows. Yeah, They're her favorite. Meow, Um. Anyway, so uh, they're doing a life saving program that it uses once again quality content, <laughs> positive reinforcement, uh, to train felines to be more sociable. Uh, and they're hosting the first annual National High Five Day Shelter Contest. So uh, they're giving away, the organizations running the contest will pick out their favorite post. Basically, all you have to do is upload a, a photo or a video of your feline's high five. Uh, the organization uh, will pick out their favorite posts and select them for a chance to win thousands of dollars in cash grants and 10,000 free bowls of organic pet food. Jeez. So, dude, yeah. you know, oh, you know what we need to do? Dress Michael like a cat, and then teach him to high five me, and send that shit in. <laughs> teach me to high five you, fuck you. Oh my no, dude, <laughs> fuck you. That would be teach Michael how to high five. <laughs> He's gonna take a lot of catnip. Oh man, I'd be really sleepy. <laughs> um, all right, so in order to win this, uh, well, they're. they're we're gonna post this. Um, we're gonna post this on Twitter and Facebook. Um, there's some rules about f- downloadable instructions and whatnot. Dude, um, seriously, can we do that? Can, I've got some cat ears somewhere. Are you wanting me to dress up like a cat? And yes, I am. High five you. Yes, I am. Tell me that wouldn't win. It would not win. Come on, I tell know. me that wouldn't win. You'll get an honorable mention at least. Yeah, it's something. Just for creativity. Okay, I'll I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> because of course. <laughs> Okay, uh, set it up next next week. We'll, we'll start it next week. Uh, it'll be on our Instagram, Inglorious Bastards. Um, yeah, so that's that's from Sarah Khan. Nice, thanks, thanks Sarah. Thanks Khan. Yay! Thank you very much. All right, what do you guys got? Well, let's see. Uh, from the Straits Times in Asia, they're on uh, your side. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, doctor in China finds one mil- one meter long phone cable in man's urethra. Mm. Yeah. Uh, doctors at a hospital in China's Dalian City uh, were shocked to find a one meter long, that's a long cord, that's three feet roughly of cord, in a man's urethra last month. The man who's in his 60s admitted himself into the uh, in hospital. In his 60s? Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd reportedly inserted the cable into his penis to relieve the itching caused by prostatitis. <gasps> Damn it. Yeah. 
Where is this at? China. He's enjoying this. He's enjoying it. I don't think so. I, he got a one meter long cord stuck in his dong, Michael. I don't think he's enjoying it. But but you think at like the half meter mark, you're like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I gotta pull that well, the shit itch, out. The itch was way it back. Must have been deep. It was a very very <laughs> deep itch. Please somebody get that. I, I got mean, you. I think that might be the winner. Um, reporters asked him at the hospital if he had disinfected the cable. He answered, "No, I just washed it." Did I? Uh, uh, the, the deputy director of the hospital's urology department told the media that it was easy to push it in. However, it nodded in his bladder. Well, as telephone cables do in one's bladder. Well, if it's an apple cord, it's and definitely going to get nodded. He, right, so he lived exactly. during the 80s. I mean, if you shoved the headphones in there, not. they'd be a, just a giant ball. What? He lived throughout the, the, the 80s. He knows they get, they get all jangled up yeah, right. in there. Um, so when he tried to pull it out, he couldn't because there was a knot in it in his bladder. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Anyway, doctor said he used uh, doctor said he used lasers to break down the knot and remove the cable without surgery. Wow. Um, this time he used a phone cable, which is relatively soft. If he had used something metallic, he could have cut his bladder. No. Why are you playing that? God, I'm gonna find your fucking computer and delete that goddamn song, Michael. Oh. <sighs> he just wanted the the phone cord inside his heaven. So he wanted it. Well, the poor guy has prostatitis and his, his yeah. dangle was itching. What? So, I mean. Do they have like special tools for that? To, like, I doubt it. A special a, tool to scratch uh, the inside of your urethra, Michael? Really? Uh, like a pipe cleaner or something? <laughs> 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 Wire brush. I've got a five pack in my car. I use the clean machines at work, but they're, they're a little, uh, little metallic and stiff, so. <laughs> Well, Same. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yep. <laughs> uh, I got one more. Um, let's see. Uh, this is about the Carolina Reaper. Reaper? <laughs> Never heard of her. Uh, brain effects of hottest pepper in the world put man in hospital. Did you read this? No, I didn't. From I CNN. It, yeah. No, they're not on your side. Uh, um, no. Where fake <clears throat> news comes first. What happened to a contestant in a hot pepper eating contest may give spicy food aficionados one more reason to fear the Reaper. Because it's called the Carolina Reaper. A 34-year-old man who was not identified experienced a series of intense headaches and dry heaving after eating a Carolina Reaper, which is obviously reportedly the hottest pepper in the world, according to Guinness. Um, the patient ate the pepper and immediately started having a severe headache that started in the back of his head and spread all over within two seconds. Oh. Uh, because he could not tolerate the head- headache, they sent him to the ER. When the patient arrived, the hospital physicians were not positive what had caused his symptoms. The man did not did not have any neurological deficits, such as slurred speech, muscle weakness, or vision loss that would have indicated a stroke. Uh, the CT imaging also ruled out a blood clot or bleeding in one of the large blood vessels supplying the brain. Uh, the CT angiography was done... Uh, when the CT uh, the CT was done, it showed narrowing of the blood vessels in the brain. Yeah, they actually show a, a cat the CT image of, of like normal and then what his were. Uh, you can see the beaded appearance of the arteries and the yellow arrows point to the narrowing of the blood vessels. They really are like super narrow compared to what they normally are. Wow. Yeah. So they said they basically say diagnosed him with reversible cerebral vasoconstriction syndrome (RCVS). Um, which was probably caused by the hot peppers. The guy was having intense thunderclap headaches due con- to constriction of the blood vessels in his brain. Hmm. It usually resolves within a few days or weeks. Ooh. We're just going to let thunderclap go? Yeah. 
I think that's what uh, Isaac Haas' girlfriend got. <laughs> See, nobody's going to get that if they didn't read the article, Michael. <laughs> it's all right. These guys didn't read the article. Uh, We're right. not even doing that. No. <laughs> anyway, um, it's is normally associated with certain medications, um, like in a, like certain medications and illicit drugs like cocaine and amphetamines can do that, but not peppers. Um, severe cases can be even can even be life threatening. I mean, it's narrowing your blood vessels yeah. in your brain, which are kind of important. Um, so I've been told. Yeah, I mean, strokes are a possibility. Um, but anyway, so this guy had um, massive problems when he ate that freaking pepper. So, yeah. well, we ate the what we eat last was it last week or the week before uh, the Carolina Reaper jerky. Yeah, we had yeah, the jerky. Yeah, and I got like an endorphin. Like I got lightheaded. Like the yeah, I got sweaty real quick. Yeah. It's, it, and that stuff wasn't even nearly what like a straight pepper would be. I no, mean, he actually ate the pepper? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't gather. I it's didn't 400 times spicier than a jalapeno. God. One and a half million on the Scoville heat scale. Jeez. A jalapeno is roughly 3,500 to 8,000, just to give you a reference. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Don't do not do this. Mm-hmm. Like, Why? At some point, this is just Tide Pod level. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, I mean, there's videos all over YouTube it's, of people eating these freaking things and just like gagging and vomiting and like. I mean, how bad would that hurt? Yeah. To vomit stomach acid with the thunderclap headache is enough to make me just yeah you know, hard pass. Yeah. I'm really rethinking the idea. We talked about doing the the chips. Yeah, and I'm like, I'll mm-hmm. do it. I'll do it. Maybe maybe no. not. Maybe we won't do that. We'll <laughs> do. It. We'll do it. <laughs> send yeah. it. Send it to us. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. see. Anyway, that's all I got. Um, Josh, you got anything? Yep, got a couple. Uh, one from uh, last week, which apparently we you know weren't meeting uh, last yeah. week, so <laughs> we tried. Yeah. So anyway, um, this one is a Canadian hotel forgives guest seventeen mm-hmm. years after flock of seagulls trashed his room. This is from NPR, and this is not the by band. the way not the band. <laughs> um, I almost had something queued up for them, but I decided not to. Uh, essentially, seventeen years ago, this guy went into a four star hotel and had um, and like he left a, a, he left pepperoni sitting out of his open window and then he left the room and this this hotel overlooks the ocean and so when they came in um he found uh, i don't remember how many they said on here uh, a hell of a lot of seagulls <laughs> really any more than like one like like, yeah. a, like, like a more than zero seagulls there must have been 40 of them a and they had flock? been in the room eating pepperoni for a long time end quote <laughs> that sounds like um, a flock so anyway they banned him from the room because obviously the room was trashed and they thought that like he had just done that oh, yeah man. and so then like he wrote an apology letter and everyone laughed about it and they let him in uh so this is yeah they let it back um he wrote an apology letter <laughs> yeah he did he wrote an apology letter and then they said uh uh, banned from the hotel since 2001, um, he's now welcome to come back. The uh, Fairmont Empress was as amused as everyone else to read the letter from Mr. Burchill. His series of unfortunate events happened so many years ago, and we were happy to review Mr. Burchill's letter and have si- since lifted the ban. There we go. They thought it was an April Fool's joke at first. Um, <laughs> I think any more than zero seagulls in your room is, is too many seagulls. Yeah, I, right? I just love like, it. <laughs> accurate. He, went, he had that many years go by to where he was like, you know what? I'll yeah. write a letter. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Yeah. Isn't this something you just kind of let go? Yeah, like, said, uh, yeah. I remember walking down the long hall and opening the door to my room to find an entire flock of seagulls in my room. Virgil said love that you keep saying letter. flock of seagulls. I know. Exactly. I didn't have time to count, but there must have been 40 of them. <laughs> That's a lot of freaking seagulls, man. Right? Can you imagine how much shit was all Did over seagulls, that room? Oh, man. Seagulls are the worst. Yeah. God. Yeah, they're, um, they're pretty uh, They're pretty aggressive they're birds. 
Alright, so then here. The other one I've oh, got. Oh, you know? Oh, we're done with no. Flock of Seagulls? Damn yeah, we're done with Flock right. of Seagulls. I mean, you can just Shit. let that play if you want. No, like. that's fine. Um, <clears throat> it's not relevant now. You're switching stories. I know, right? Um, well, you never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one's from the Atlantic, and it's uh, titled. You know, I would say so. Um, when, a big, when a bigger penis means swifter extinction. Hmm. For one group of tiny crustaceans, the species well, whose males uh, invest most heavily in sex disappear ten times faster. Yeah, that, I'm just, just teed it up. Ball off just teed it up, didn't you? Um, <laughs> so let's see. You're fine. The, the first. Like, I don't even know really what we're doing here. What, so <laughs> it's a crustacean. I think. A crustacean <laughs> known as the. Um, oh, shoot, I, I'm not going to try to read that name. It's the the uh, Dongus Longus. Collium <laughs> Bassathon Eclecticus. Easy for me to say. It means big wiener. Exactly. In Latin. Um, the oldest penis ever found is 425 million years old and belongs to an animal whose scientific name, <laughs> what I just attempted, uh, means, quote, astounding swimmer with a large penis. <laughs> so I was right. Yeah. It uh, largest relative, though, the entire that's, creature that's is pretty just on a point. fifth of an inch long. For its size, its penis is still large and stout, according to its discoverers. Wait, it's a fifth of an inch long? Yeah. Yeah, but in proportion to its body. Well, yeah, I mean. So, anyway, the the article is actually interesting, talking about um, the uh, like evolution, like how evolution and natural selection work, which was kind of interesting. But um, the title was enough for me to. Bring the bigger it, dong so. wins. Is the that bigger, what we're, is actually, that what we're the bigger dong on that? loses for them? The, oh. they're, the when a bigger penis means swifter extinction. Oh. No. Yeah, I feel like at some point. Well, everybody's gunning for the big guy. Right. Everybody's gunning for the top. Well, see, the thing is, basically, the argument <laughs> you can get on top. It's hard to stay. They, and and they're, they're very careful to say, like, you know, we, we don't know exactly, but their argument that they make here is that <coughs> if, if the species, if that particular subgroup of the species is, uh, is putting too much effort in being bigger than everyone else, then they're not able to adapt to other aspects of their environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Michael knows all about this. At, so. at some point, at some point, it becomes, I should know, it becomes a yeah, handicap. It does. When you, when you reach tripod status, yeah. it's, it's like you have a tail up front. It's weird. Um, it's a vestigial organ. I feel like I should you. be able to um, to get a handicap parking placard. Um, uh, pro? No, I don't. Pro of not uh, having to 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 park your car. You don't have to park your car. Of having a micro penis. Yes. No. Uh, of of the handicap status. Oh yeah. And riding the the bus Good to work. Lord. My God. All right. Daniel, do you have something? I do, actually. So I have one of my biggest phobias in life are like medical faux pas. Not that I've been in that many surgeries. But have you ever heard the stories, and this isn't what I'm going to share, but i got to start with this, (laughs) of the possibility like where they put you under, but you're still with it. So people like awake for these surgeries. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Horrifies me. Well, now I have something new to be horrified. Because (laughs) today, or yesterday, I think it was, I read this story about a lady who they accidentally put formaldehyde in in Russia. Oh, and within the course of a few weeks, she basically turned to stone and died. Oh, really? Yeah. So Yikes. I'm like, great. So now, if they ever hook me up, you know, to an IV, I'm going to say, are you sure that's not formaldehyde? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is going to be one of my new fears. <laughs> yeah. See, I read this story once. Uh, man, that's wow. Well, and they say yeah. it's happened like a few times. Some people survive and some don't. And it's because they keep formaldehyde uh, in the surgery rooms, uh, depending on the surgery, because sometimes I guess they use it like to stop if there's major bleeding. They can use um. it like carefully. But when it gets inserted into the IV, that's a whole nother thing. Because then, of course, it instantly went through her whole bloodstream. They need to put those like locked in one of those fire hydrant cases. Like some break yeah, the glass. Right, a little hammer <laughs> for yes. formaldehyde. Case break emergency here. break for formaldehyde. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh man, man that's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, that's terrible. That is. Yeah, they say the formaldehyde infuses intravenously with the person. Just yeah, you know, like kind of once it's in there, it's not like you can really get yeah. Like it they out. tried I mean, to flush it, and they switched her from like three different specialist hospitals, but in the end. It was just too wow. much. Well, yeah. well, the other lesson here is don't get surgery in Russia. Well, unless yeah. you absolutely have to. Have to. That's uh, not good. Yeah. Um, so uh, this owner of uh, Martha's Vineyard Home, um, they they rent out their house from time to time. So it's um, I'm trying to think what company they they rent it out to. It's one of those Airbnb type websites, but it's on on Martha's Vineyard. So it's a really nice. Nice house. Um, so she um, rented out her house and went went about her way. She rented it out in 2014 is when she rented this out. Um, and then sometime uh, years later, she found out that uh, the person who had rented her house was actually not a person. It was a company. Montreal Adult Film Company. Oh, well, there's a shocker. And they <laughs> shot pornographic videos without telling her. Wait, that type of video? Yes. That's surprising. <laughs> yes. Uh, in nearly every room of her home uh, for their porn production purposes. Oh, including look like a Jackson Pollock painting, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> sticky, sticky floors. Um so, uh, in- so including her bedrooms, her sofa, oh. her dining room table, oh. her laundry room appliances, um, <laughs> the old dryer fuck. Yeah. All right, got it. <laughs> um, Bassett says uh, the d- highly disturbing discovery cost her uh, emotional and psychological distress. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the episode of the league where they film a porno in Andre's apartment. <laughs> yes. But don't tell him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, gets, he gets thrush in his mouth. The, co- oh, the company. Oh it's a yeast infection. <laughs> the company is called um, Trades. Mile High. Trades. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we're on our own thing over here. My, my bad. This is the porn company? Yes. This is Mile High. Mile High <laughs> Distribution, Inc. Because, of course. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Roach. A, an attorney for Mile High says... Oh, oh, of course his name is Stephen Rose. Yes. Jeez. Uh, he says the, the matter arose out of a basic landlord-tenant dispute, and the allegations in the complaint are unfounded. Well, I think there's I evidence. think a blacklight yeah. would probably prove, prove that. <laughs> like, that's a pretty simple test, like a five-second blacklight it, test. It doesn't take much CSI investigation <laughs> to realize, oh, there's the picture of my great-granddaughter in the background of that porno. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, so, wow. Um, so think twice before you rent your house out. Yes. Mm. Stephen Roach Esquire. Yeah. <laughs> Find a different attorney. <laughs> And I was going to use this one last week or two weeks ago. I okay. don't remember. Um, cause, but we had another McDonald's-related one, so uh, <laughs> I, I decided not to. So McDonald's employee fired for putting his mixtapes in Happy Meals. <laughs> Dude, that, that guy is my fucking hero, man. Yep. Uh, according to... <laughs> that is when capitalism works, yes. friends. <laughs> McDonald's employee... Happy Meals. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, these CDs? Wait. Where's these my Hello, CDs. CDs? Where's my yep. Hello Kitty doll? So, um, McDonald's employee named uh, <laughs> Ty Cher uh, added his rap mixtape in the Happy Meals with a paper disc holder. On the mixtape was printed the title of the project. Oh, please, um, please be awesome. Let me uh, get ready for this. <laughs> Tales of a Real Inward. <laughs> oh, um, my goodness. So... The customer. Do we have the audio? Who who? We don't need the I audio. Don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's on I can, Spotify. I can yet. guess what's on there. Yes. Uh, the the, oh. the the customer Sarah Desmond said. I love said, that you blinked it. She yeah. went through the whole thing. Yep. Says I I bought a Happy Meal for my son and inside came a mysterious CD. I, like any other parent, would assume the CD was for children. Sure. I played it in the car for my son <laughs> while uh, we oh, drove oh, home. Shoot. And Lord Jesus have mercy on Ty <laughs> Share. The mixtape was dreadful. Not <laughs> only was it completely inappropriate, but it was also the weakest set of bars I've ever heard. Shots fired. She's just throwing straight shade now. Mm -hmm. So it's believed that he had been doing this for for two weeks already. And (laughs) up to 300 uh, Happy Meals received his mixtape. I can't can't believe it didn't make it like... Yeah, like I can't believe it made it that far. Like, yeah, yeah. I would think the first mixtape would be like the end of it. Like, no parents, like the fifth parent didn't yeah. come back. Yeah, Excuse no me. parents said anything about the the mixtapes. Wow. Um, so there's all these little like toddlers and four year olds in this town just rocking out, hard. enjoying the. Well, trap apparently beats. not since it's a weak set of bars. So, <laughs> yeah, but they do. He does have some trap beats in there. So, uh, Ty has uh, since Same. been fired from McDonald's. Yeah, yeah you think? Yep. Yeah. Well, now here it's time to work on his follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Tales from an unemployed person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Really glad you stopped before yep. you. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's pretty special. All right. Well, let's pour one out for Ty Share. <laughs> pour um, one out for Brad and Ty Share. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's any any anything else before we go I don't into think the, so. I think I'll do it. the foofy? I'm very excited about this foofy. All right. Well, let's get into All it. Right. Let's play the song and then I'll set it up. Yeah. So um this episode um, I don't know what we're going to title. We'll figure out a title for oh, it. Oh, we have a title for it. Nah, I don't like your title. Really? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Really? We'll see how it lands. We'll discuss it at the end of the conversation. I feel like you're pigeoning whole Matt the conversation. Matt is so sad right now. I am. Can't see his I've had face. this planned for like three weeks. <laughs> eh. We'll see. Somebody has to shoot you down. Brad's not here. Oh, great. So it's going to be you? Yeah. Great, because that way I can dislike you even more than I already do. <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. So uh, Heather G... Andrea, Gandria. Mm-hmm. Yes, Gandria Michael. I got to make sure I say it right. Um, she supports us on Patreon, mm-hmm. and uh, from time to time, with the level that she supports us on, uh, she gets to choose the topic. Yep. So um, we're going to talk about. Um, she sent us some notes about different topics, and, and I'll, I'll get to the notes. But um, we immediately thought of Daniel when she sent us this this uh, this email. For so, reasons that will become obvious yes. in a minute. Um, we hope. We, Lord willing. Um, so this is from, from Heather Giandria. It says, Mary, 
So, so Mary in the role she would play in our modern prayer lives. I was raised Catholic, um, and I really want to fuck up. If you really want... Wow. That wow. Whoa. Boy, you stopped at the yeah. wrong time yeah. there. If <laughs> My if, God. If, if you really want to fuck up a kid, uh, then raise them Catholic and send them to a private Christian high school, uh, the school, a school where they believe Catholicism is a cult. Um, now, as an adult-ish... I no longer believe uh, Mary is an interse- inter- intercessory. Intercessory? Yeah. Intercessor. It's really hard yeah. to say. Uh, to Jesus. Prayer-wise, I don't think she should be completely forgotten, uh, as I have seen uh, other religions do. So I think we're going to address that question, uh, hopefully by the end of this. But I think um, what we wanted to bring Daniel on for is well, Daniel really freaking loves Mary. First I do. Um, Before we get into this, can I play something for Daniel? Okay, come on. I, I thought about this today just to make you feel welcome. It's raining I'm sorry. <laughs> and with that, we shall discuss the Immaculate Conception. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As one does. So. <laughs> So it, it has. I, been, I've known you long enough. I feel like I can pull that off, you're and you're good. fine with it. So yeah. So let's let's talk. Let's let's get a little bit of a life update. So we talked to you, uh, God, several years ago. Well, no, not <laughs> several. We've only doing this ago. two year yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and since then, things have changed for you. You are for the better. Now a married man. I am. Yes, yeah. this is okay. Yeah, you haven't been here since you Not got since hitched. I got married. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Because then it was everyone listened to the show, and then people like drove from all over the country to our wedding. Quite so, literally. To all of you listening out there who did that, once again, thank you. That was amazing. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. So you're married. But yes, and I'm married. Uh, husband Anthony is finishing up his PhD at IU. He'll be done uh, hopefully by the end of May. If you're awesome. listening, Anthony, you'll be done by the end of May. <laughs> you'll be done by the end of May. <laughs> I finished my thesis. Now you finish yours. <laughs> so you are you done with school or? Yeah, I'm done okay. now. So. Yeah, I didn't actually have any courses this semester. It was just wrapping up the thesis. Nice. So it's it's very surreal. You know, like you work at this for four years. It took me, and so now it's like, wait, well, I'm done. Now what? Isn't there like now fireworks? What? Come on. <laughs> yeah. like, you get Something. to come on a lame-ass podcast. That's your celebration, Daniel. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so, so school's done. Um, what was your? What did you go to school for? Uh, so I just I did a master of arts in religious studies, and then my thesis was in Mariology, so all about Mary. Uh, basically, I mean to really to put the whole thing into perspective. Uh, for those who didn't listen to my first show, I was raised. Uh, very conservative fundamentalist, decidedly uh, not Catholic. Decided, yes, not Catholic. Yeah. Uh, Pentecostal yeah. fundamentalist. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> and then as a teenager, I started falling in love with Catholicism. Eventually ordained, or, excuse me, eventually um, converted to Orthodoxy. Uh, left my position in the Orthodox Church when I came out. Was eventually ordained to the priesthood uh, in the Catholic Church via old Catholic priests uh, on the Holy Island of Lindisfarne in the UK. It's like my Still five awesome. seconds yeah. claim to fame. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a damn <laughs> good St. one, Cuthbert's though. Yeah. Chapel. That's a pretty yeah. pretty solid claim to fame. Yeah. 
little, and, little uh, humble brag action. <laughs> uh, pastored a parish in Bloomington for a few years, and then uh, that just kind of came to a natural end for various reasons. Um, and looking back now, I know why it was really a season where I could start to deal with what I believed. Um, yeah, when sure. you show up every week and serve mass, you just, you just kind of get into the ritual and uh, you don't really have to believe anything because it's pretty easy <laughs> to almost just hide behind it. Um, and that's kind of where I found myself. Uh, but needless say, uh, getting ahead of myself, I went to uh, Chicago theological seminary, um, which if anyone knows much about CTS, it's kind of like the exact opposite of my childhood. If that was far right, <laughs> um, it's probably not unfair to say that CTS is pretty much far left, one of the most far left seminaries in the U.S. Um, But I knew I needed that so that I could just have both ends of that spectrum and then find out who the hell I was and where I landed. And my thesis really brought that all together. Um, I railed against it. It was hard to write this. Uh, And I was talking to my therapist, who's also my spiritual director, and I'm just like, why is this so hard? I've written 25, 30 page papers. Like, I can do this. I know. And she said, because you have to decide what you believe. It's time. Like, you've reached that point. You've been in therapy now. You've done your degree. And now it's time. And that's what it was. This time it wasn't a teacher telling me what to write. I had to write it. Uh, And I, yeah, so. Well, I think that's what this podcast has sort of done for us, is that. It's for, it forces me to, to look through things and think through things like, dude, what do I actually believe about the resurrection? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I actually believe about the... And I, I still, to this day, I'm not really sure how to articulate some of that. So having to write a freaking paper about it would be yeah. like... I mean, I wouldn't even know how to, where to begin. Like, yeah. it, would just, it would just be totally... So I totally get that. Like, that... I can't even imagine trying to do that. Yeah. So your thesis was on Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it. It was phenomenal. You need to make it into a book. Thank you. I'm going to buy... Uh, eight copies. Okay. So well, right there. I mean, man, if I sold eight copies, <laughs> yes. I have done will, so much. It will give away for three so on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there we go. I will buy all to people named Ox. Yes, Ox will win. If you make oh, a book, ox. we're going to give one the to oxen. Holly uh, Ox Handler just because of Matt being an ox. Being an ox. <laughs> so um, yeah, I re- I really enjoyed it. I- I've got a lot of questions. Um, yeah. I'm, How do you um, want to start? Do you want to start with questions? Or do you want to just sort of let him give a general overview? Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you, how do you I'll do the general overview? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you the uh, lengthy academic title and then I'll just give it to you in a nutshell. Uh, from her conception to the conception, the early life of the Virgin Mary as an icon of progressive advancement mm-hmm. for the modern Catholic Christian. So basically what I did was I looked specifically at the early life of Mary, uh, which was, has been handed down to us in a book called the Proto Evangelium of James written around 140. I'm glad you pronounced that and didn't make me. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all, we're all glad. Yes. <laughs> written around 140 AD. Um, so it's not that much after the final uh, books sure, of the yeah. canonical New Testament are being written. Highly revered. Uh, the church definitely extracted from it a lot of its liturgy and prayers to Mary and feast days. So if you're aware of some of the feasts of Mary, they probably come from this book called the Proto-Evangelium of James, okay. which even most Catholics you know, aren't aware of. It's just in the life of the church, yeah. but where did it come from? But basically, I wanted to put forth an argument that if we believe Jesus is this radical progressive rabbi, uh, the ones that is Catholics or Christians, we refer to as the Christ, the anointed one. Um, yeah, he came and he took a human body and he yeah, took sure. flesh and that flesh came from the Virgin Mary. Um, and we all are products of our upbringing. Sure. I mean, this is just yeah. reality. Yeah, this absolutely. is life. And if Jesus took on human flesh, then he's also partly a product of his upbringing, mm-hmm. at least partly. Uh, and so that tells me that there had to have been someone in his life 
who sure. directed him to become this amazing uh, person that he was uh, mm. to fulfill his role as the son of God. And uh, so basically I started looking at the life of Mary and what I discovered was I thought her entire life is just this really kick-ass example of mm. someone who is ardently maintaining their faith and yet constantly going outside of the boundaries of what's kind of considered sure. typical or correct or theologically right. And yet it's because God's calling her. And so she's constantly breaking these barriers. And mm -hmm. that's, yeah. thus I discovered Mary is like this icon uh, for Catholics who want to remain faithfully Catholic. And yet they're like, you know, I've, there's just a few things about the church that I, I can't agree with. I can't live my life that way. Um, and even Vatican too gives freedom to Catholics to dissent with the mm -hmm. church. If there's good reason, and one can read all about that. But I think Mary is an even greater example, and it doesn't take psychology papers to understand, just looking at her life, she she keeps breaking the rules, and yet clearly mm -hmm. love is always the core of her mission. Yeah, absolutely. I, and that, that was, so I went into reading your thesis without any, like, real knowledge of Mary for me, outside well, we, of... We grew up, I mean, we grew up evangelical. Mm -hmm. You get her out at the nativity scene. Yeah, yeah. outside yeah, of... Yeah. Exactly. She comes outside of Mary, did you know? Mary, did you she know? comes around at Christmas. God. She knew. Oh, she she totes knew. <laughs> she she God, comes around at Christmas, something. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you Absolutely. don't... And, you know, when we grew up, I can say for me, and I'm guessing you guys did, because we grew up the same way pretty much, The one of the things we disliked about Catholics, well, they, they worship Mary. Mary, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well... Like, I grew up, and I was like... I don't think that's actually did right. You but up? but that you know, man in a manner of speaking. But that's that was one of the big things is like why we disliked Catholics so mm -hmm. much or whatever not disliked, but that's well, I think that's a fair word. Okay, dislike. Yeah. Let's yeah. call dislike. Well, well I think there's a lot of Rome phobias. These oh, perceptions, yeah. you yes. know, and yeah. fears. I mean, I was raised to not even believe that Catholics believed in the resurrection. Yeah. My yeah. parents told me, you know, he never came off the cross to Catholics. Yeah. And then I like, look at their liturgical calendar. I'm like, the whole thing is based around Easter, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, then why is he still on the cross whenever I go there? Yeah. And I said, well, Paul says, you know, I preach Christ, Christ crucified. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that. so, you know, it's only been in the last couple of years even. You know, I read, you know, Alice Connor's book was a big influence. Um, yeah. Because it talks about Mary mm -hmm. and, and all, the, all these powerful women in the Bible we have. You know, I, I was thinking about this day a little bit that the last couple of years with the podcast and with the pub, like, having been exposed to, to very, I would say powerful, confident, self-assured women yeah. in the pub. And thank you to all you who are in there for that. Yeah. Something has made me, has made me rethink, like maybe not rethink, but has maybe come to terms with the role women play in faith in the church mm -hmm. and yeah. in, in, a, in a much greater, more broad way than I probably did. I mean, I've always yeah. been for women preaching. I, I mm -hmm. helped one of my students write a, a lesson about why women should be leaders in the church. And like, this is 10 years ago. Yeah. So I was already on that path, but it's, it's just broad. It's opened my mind yeah. to just different issues with women yep. that I hadn't thought about before as a man. And intentionally. So on this podcast, like this year specifically, we've Ex almost we, exclusively women. Yeah. Yes. It's been a lot more. It's been intentionally more female yes. uh, guests on the show. Yes. Um, just because, uh, I, I, I have a lot of fun talking to people who are smart. So <laughs> has nothing to do with their gender. It's like they're yeah. just like Al honestly, Hillary and Alice, Hillary McBride and, and Alice Connor, um, two of my favorite guests we've ever had. Yeah. Um, I yeah. can, I've yeah. enjoyed every, I mean, all the female yeah. guests we have have just been phenomenal. Like yeah. I've just, it's just been great. I'm, yeah. I'm really glad we've taken that route <laughs> yeah. this year. So, so, um, Mary, so, so, 
what is Mariology? So Mariology is the study of Mary, Mary, of course, theology, the study of God's Mariology, the study of Mary, uh, specifically for within my domain, within Catholic thought and Christian experience and history. Okay. Of course, there is Mariology outside of Christianity. Mary is somewhat of a prominent figure in Islam, and there's mm-hmm. discourse there. And oh, okay. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, would you consider yourself a Mariologist? Kind of thing? I don't know. That's such a good question. I keep asking myself that. I'm you like, how much do you card. have to do before you can be that? <laughs> I'd, so say write a, I'd say do a master's thesis <laughs> would qualify one yes. to, to be a Mariologist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's just always getting personal. She's always been present. Um, I think being raised in very homophobic, um, conservative church, um, was perhaps not all that different than what we kind of read of in the dark ages, uh, where there was so much fear around God. And for good reason, there was the black plague, people were dying by millions and they didn't know how to explain that, how to understand it, except that God must've been furious and Christ was furious. So there was a big turn towards Mary. Mm. Um, but I think that was like true on a micro scale in my life. Um, the, the anti, um, homosexuality was so closely linked with the Trinity that then Mary was there as this spiritual figure who was just accepting Mm -hmm. and still constantly directing me to Christ. And I honestly don't think I would be a Christian to this day if it were not for Mary in my life. Okay. I mean, that's just being legit. So what what I really liked... She's uh, like, yeah, I know everything's terrible. Have you met my son? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You should get to know him. Have you heard of him? Um, So it's in the title and then also throughout the book you talk about this and this is the stuff that blew my mind. So could you talk a little bit about... uh, how much of a kick-ass person she is, uh, the, the, the icon of progressive advancement. Yeah. What, what makes her that? Um, what, cause there's a lot of stuff in there I had never heard of. What, what is it about her that, that makes her an icon for progressive advancement? Well, I think probably the best way to do, uh, is just to kind of work through her early life. I'm just starting off with, uh, I know you all don't have your th- my thesis in front of you, and you might not for a while, because I might publish it into a book, but uh, we'll see. We'll give away uh, three copies yeah. whenever that happens. <laughs> all by eight. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, but anyhow, um, I, I use, uh, I guess what you could call as a feminist lens, although I think that's a, a heavily loaded word. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. What I think would yeah. be better to say is I use a lens that, asks for the reader to look at the female characters, which sounds like, well, what's radical about that? And yet it is because it's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's fairly patriarchal church, patriarchal society. And so we tend to always approach stories through the male figures. We look to see how the female characters support the male agenda, right. but it always ultimately lands with the male figure. Um, and so to look at Mary's life, I really encourage people, first of all, to look at Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, shocking, but actually look at Mary, mm-hmm. yeah. get away from all the patriarchy that's surrounding her life, mm-hmm. quit reading it through that lens and instead read it to see where are Mary's decisions and where is Mary uh, deciding and what's happening in her life. Uh, but let me see, I'm going to bring up my... So uh, Mary's conception and birth, uh, the Proto-Evangelium starts right out introducing us to Mary's parents. Their names are Joachim and Anna. They're a very aged, successful couple. They have wealth. They make, you know, their regular offerings in the temple. They're a good standing in society. And we, we just gather all this from the text. And then one day, uh, Joachim shows up to make his offering at the Jewish temple and he's turned away and he's like, what's the deal? And, uh, they say, well, you have made no offspring and you're the only one in Israel who is not. And so you cannot make your offering. Go get it on. The, the only know, one in Israel. The only one in Israel. Taking role. Only one. You're get one. in the bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> Poor Yoaki Minato. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Uh, so, you know, they get turned away from the temple, and I don't think it takes very long for a lot of us who have been in church for long to, like, start to feel almost those PTSD moments. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, most of us have experienced that turn away because somehow yep. we didn't line up with what the church or the temple wanted. You've never yeah. experienced that, have you, Daniel? Yeah, no, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> but what's amazing is Yoakim and Anna don't internalize it. I think what so many Catholics do, uh, and just people in general, is, you know, they just start to internalize, and it's like, mia keep, mia cool it's, uh, I'm at fault. And uh, instead, we're told that Anna puts on her wedding dress and she makes her stand before God and she just kind of goes out. And her words make it clear that she knows Israel thinks she's cursed. But never once does Anna say that she is cursed by the hand of God, only in the minds of the Israelites. Huh. And I think that's really that powerful, cool. especially uh, for the Catholic Church, where this whole idea of married love always leading to offspring is mm-hmm. so entrenched. Um, and yet we have St. Anna kind of saying, well, I'm, you know, she bewails her childness. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's devastating, but she doesn't accept that she's cursed or that she should be turned away from the temple. So she's like, God, you better make this right. Joachim goes into the wilderness. I believe it's for uh, 40 days. Um, Sounds familiar. Exactly. Yeah, and of course, you know, if you've read the Bible, you <laughs> yeah. see a lot of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. storylines. <laughs> yeah, those n- numbers show up occasionally. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and But he's kind of a silent figure. We don't really know what he does. But the Protevangelium text starts right out giving women this really strong position because instead of focusing on Joachim in the desert, it focuses on Anna and her stand before God. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, uh, an angel appears and says, you're going to have a baby. And so Joachim runs home and Anna runs home and, uh, they make a baby. And, uh, um, once the child is born, which of course is radical in its own way. And, uh, it's hard to know what to hit on. We can't sit here for a lifetime. <laughs> you can um, read your entire master's thesis. No, yeah. we've, we've got time. Plenty of time. But, uh, uh, just basically there's also the, this whole realization. Um, and I just think you just have to keep hitting home that Anna and Joachim their Mary is a gift and she's the fulfillment of their lifelong love. She does not mm-hmm. come across in the text as a fulfillment of a freedom from curse or as Joachim and Anna have finally done something right. So yeah. God says, I'll give you a baby. Right. No, it's just their lifelong love mm-hmm. that has led to this. And I also love that he encourages the sexual intimacy between Joachim and Anna, who are very aged. You know, technically they have no ability to make a baby here. And yet they're still going at it. And I gather from <laughs> yeah. the text that they have been for a while. <laughs> so, you know, and this is what leads to Mary. It's not that she comes out of this place of, ah, oh, sin and woe is us, but she's born into this family that knows who they are in God. He just had to stop pulling out. That definitely needed a sound. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) So Mary's born. The Protevangelium says that Anna names her, uh, which is once again, you know, powerful. She gets married by her mother. Uh, she of course walks at the young age of six months old, a very, another common narrative. We see. She moonwalks. She moonwalks. Anna picks her up. She walks on water. Thank you. (laughs) Puts her into a bed. And uh, calls these handmaids to come and to entertain her and educate her. Uh, but once again, this is a time period where education, especially for mm-hmm. females, minorities, yeah, those sure. without yeah, money, yeah, yeah. is rare. And so we see it's important in Mary's life. And she's educated. She's educated beginning right at home from a very young age. 
Um, and with our current culture and what we're seeing happen, I mean, I mm -hmm. think these stories hit home. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. But uh, you don't hear a lot about females being educated in biblical times, right? No. At least, no, it didn't happen. That's not what I. You heard you were a baby factory. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. your when you hit thirteen. When you hit puberty, you were you got married and you had babies. Which is, I think, it's so cool you mentioned that because I think that's oftentimes the only way Mary is really seen. Yeah, because that's just kind of how it comes. Across. Oh, you gave birth to the Son of God. Congratulations! Yeah, now go away. Yeah, I go away. Yeah, I mean, literally, that's essentially what it is. I or mean, you've got uh, assholes like what's his name uh, invoking her for why he can sleep around with kids. Right. Yeah. You know, it's mm. just like neat. Uh, um, you know, one of the things that I think from these the kind of early vignettes that were given of Mary's life that that really um, stood out to me are these overtones with the story of Samuel. Um, but trying to instead of read like and try to instead of trying to scan Samuel's story onto Mary's and thereby probably doing what we have you know what what you're trying to keep people from mm -hmm. doing. Um, going back and instead of reading reading Mary's story into them, that his is actually just a precursor to hers. It's it's just the it's just a um, you know, a type. It's not the. It's not the actual um, fulfillment Fulfill of that. Yeah, and exactly. That idea of someone who was was a promised child, not because that they were they were cursed, but but simply because it was the fulfillment of of, of something that was you know the time to come, and and um, then being committed to the temple and being committed to to a task that is larger than themselves, and and bringing you know in Samuel's case Israel, and then in, in Mary's case you know the the larger idea of that. Um, into a, a greater fulfillment and, and giving giving birth and, and having that that sort of um, life giving posture. I think that was having the way that you per, um, showed that that story, how, how those things kind of come together, or at least that's how I was able to re to read into that um, was um, was deeply compelling. But it also continued to think help me think about this idea of Mary not just being someone who's just simply fulfilling the role of bringing Jesus into the world, but was actually bring you know bringing something entirely new into mm -hmm. into yeah. creation. Sure. Um, and, and Matt, it makes me think about you know this is the honor up <laughs> here. It makes me think about your your awesome tattoo that we've all seen on the pub. Um, oh gosh. It, we I had to have segue. a really, yeah had a real, had to have a, a smooth segue there. Um, so so Matt, you can give me your five dollars yeah, now. Yeah, can I have that now? Um, no, but it, it really is a beautiful tattoo, and and I love that like that that image of of um, Mary and that this like river of life coming from her womb, and yeah. that's mm -hmm. I mean yeah that there's something it's it, you know it is Jesus it's just Jesus but it's so much more and well and maybe we will get into it later but you know the the whole idea behind that behind that tattoo and I think it came from Alice Connor's book was that we you know Mary serves as a type that we all carry the divine within yeah. us and we give birth to it by how we live our life. Exactly. I mean, that's what it means. That's what this tattoo means to me. And that's what I picked up from Alice's book. And, um, you know, and I, I actually was actually uh, Hillary McBride, our, uh, our dear friend from, from Canada, um, up North. She, you know, she says, you love a tattoo. And I said, you'll appreciate this, that it was a tattoo of a female done by a female tattoo artist from a book written by a female. <laughs> like, nice. I mean, I, that, like that's that cool. that when I and I was we actually talked about strong female characters in the Bible while she was tattooing me because mm -hmm. she used to go to church and you know had an evangelical upbringing and all that and yeah. I was like the significance was not lost on me yeah. that, that that was the case that um and I think more than anything I mentioned this earlier that I think Mary just serves as a strong female example to me of like I'm always just struck by her story of in the scriptures of like an angel shows up and says you're going to give birth to the Son of God is that cool. <laughs> sure sounds great yeah, let's yachts. do that and, and, and there's no like 
like there's always like she's always this, she's the only question is like how's this going to work i'm a virgin mm-hmm. and he's like don't worry about it we'll take care of it <laughs> like like that's essentially how it goes and she's like okay cool let's do that it, it, it it's just a mind-boggling story to me yeah like it I want to rewind just a little bit and talk about um, you. You you mentioned. Uh, can you talk about Mary in the temple a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So after her birth at age three, uh, the story goes that she was presented to the temple. Uh, keep in mind, her parents are very old. So while we could like make a quick rash parenting judgment decision, it was likely probably the best situation for yeah. Mary. Um, and yeah, we're told they continued to visit the temple until their deaths, and they both appeared to have died by the time she left the temple mm-hmm. as a twelve or thirteen year old. Yeah. Uh, but so she's dedicated to the temple. But what's most radical, and we get from the protevangelist and also from the hymns of the church is not only is she taken to the temple as a possible consecrated temple virgin, which there's debates whether those existed. We do know from the Hebrew Bible that there were some type of uh, female positions in the tabernacle and then temple. Um, But what's wild about it is the story goes that it's Zacharias already, the high priest at this point, of course, Elizabeth's husband, Mm -hmm. uh, Mary's cousins and her husband. And um, the story goes that Zacharias picks her up and he takes her into the Holy of Holies. Huh. A place reserved for men alone, of course. Yeah, um, and, and so the high we, priest at that. I mean, that's yeah. it. Period. And so we have Mary taken into the holy of holies, and then the story goes on that not only was she taken there, but that she spent many days in there in prayer, and that she would be fed from the uh, hand of an angel. But what I really love about that is it's this affirmation of the role of women in sacred spaces and roles traditionally mm, yep. reserved for men. Yeah, that we see Mary as already this type of priest in her childhood in the holy of holies, where no woman has ever been because mm-hmm. she herself is going to become the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she brings forth yeah. the She becomes life. a living temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What well, uh, you said, order, oh, you said something in your book that blew my mind that, that Mary as a type of Ark of the Covenant. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like, oh. yeah, you sent that. And you're like, Holy like, shit. Yep. That's yeah. not me. You yeah. should know. That's oh, way well, well just, just, just that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd not powerful. heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that she was the fulfillment of, of, yeah, that. if you uh, if you ever look at Byzantine icons, um, you'll oftentimes notice if there are Old Testament scenes with the Ark of the Covenant, there'll be Mary's face in the center of the Ark, really? just kind of Jeez. prefiguring. Uh, so you pick it up in the art, especially. Well, then you have the Ark of the Covenant contained the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just sand in the movie. Well, it's whatever melted the Nazi's yeah, face. Yeah. And it also uh, contained the manna that yes. came down yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. which so, has Eucharistic connotations. That mm-hmm. Jesus fulfills the law, mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments were the law. And Aaron's Mary staff, something that was that. dead, becoming, like, bringing up life. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's all these. <laughs> yeah. It's just endless. It's just mm-hmm. endless. It is. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Especially when you think it's just, she's just a little figurine in the nativity. Yeah. And then yes. you're like, wait, she's all through the Old Testament oh, yeah. and all in Revelation. And, like, yeah. and the story, she's everywhere. The story that you mentioned about her, um, or that you wrote in there about her um, being given the task of, of um, weaving the, the veil oh, yeah. that was yeah. then later torn at Christ. I mean, oh, God. Like, just, <laughs> man, that was amazing. I mean, because this idea of, of, you know, she stays in the Holy of Holies. And I, I always, like, I keep coming back to Peter Rollins when I think about the, the Holy of Holies, this mm-hmm. idea that, like, you know, the magic trick and the, and the veil is torn and no, there's actually, there never was anything to, there to begin with because God is everywhere. And, like, there's this, I was thinking of this line from Annie Dillard where it's like, God has not absconded, but but a spread. Yeah. And so this idea that, like, Mary is there to just, conti- like, to, to begin that message mm-hmm. of Christ that Christ continues to proclaim that, that like, God is... God is not there because God is everywhere yeah. equally. And and so she like makes the veil almost like she puts a bug into the system to begin with. Like yeah. I'm going to put a little tear here in the seam so that, you know, at the right time <laughs> it, it rips apart. And 
Yep. It's awesome. Awesome. Um, let me think here. So, uh, so she, we're we're at the so so she has these progressive parents more or less. They give their daughter an education. They and uh, they they support her in that. They come to visit her, um, and, and then it's it's assumed that that her parents died mm-hmm. while she was given to the church. Yeah, um, the temple. Mm-hmm. So that leaves her around. 12, yeah, 12 13. is what the Evangelium says. Yeah, 12, 13. At that point, she would have had to have left the temple just based on what we know if she was there uh, due to Hebrew uh, customs of purification sure. and her menstrual cycle would have begun. Um, so basically, uh, the uh, Zacharias once again comes into the picture. Um, he sends out a call for all the eligible men, including widowers, to come and bring their staff so that basically they can draw a staff. Uh, he takes the staffs into the temple, says a prayer, hoping for a sign. Nothing happens, comes back out, gives the staffs back to the men. And when he hands Joseph his staff, a uh, dove comes flying out of it. Um, in other stories, lilies come out of it, which is why you'll oftentimes see lilies with St. Joseph when he's holding the, the Christ child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. David Blaine. David Blaine. Like, uh, yes. Yeah. But the great David part, Copperfield. David Copperfield. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it works because uh, the, like Joseph's first response is, I don't want to be a laughing stock. Um, yeah, according yeah. to church tradition at this point, um, he's like creeping around age 80. He's already got seven kids. <laughs> Emphasis on the creep. He's been a widower for 40 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's like, what's this going to look like? It's crazy. Um, yet he takes Mary in. And this is where, to me... Um, Roy Moore, that's his name, really loses out. Uh, Because for Roy Moore's argument to work, well, then Mary wasn't a virgin. You know, Mm. fact is Mary is a virgin and my opinion remains a virgin. Um, But what I really love about this family image is uh, so often when we see the Holy Family, you know, we see this young studly St. Joseph and there's Mary and Mm -hmm. their little baby. But the reality is based on church tradition that it was like Mary had stepchildren her age, older than her. Joseph's this old guy. Mary's a pretty young girl herself. And all of a sudden she's pregnant. Well, this looks a lot more like a modern family than it does the perfect little Christian nuclear family. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so the Holy Family is not at all what so many of us just presume it to be. The Holy Family is this, you know, it's this varied ages and compositions and different partners were involved at some point in creating what this unit is. And it's like, yeah. oh, so cool. imagine yeah. that. And yet yeah. they're still the Holy Family. Yeah. Because yeah. that is holy. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, and yeah. what I, And what I love is that, like, you know, whether that, you, you, you subscribe to it being literally true or whether it's myth or whatever. Stories are so, yeah. It's, way, it's a story that has a powerful yeah. message to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the nu- the, it's not all nuclear families. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yep. you know, my wife's family. It's, you know, her, her, dad, her mom passed away. Her stepmom's husband passed away. Her dad and stepmom got together. It was three brothers and Beth, and then two bro- two stepbrothers and a stepsister. It's this massive mm-hmm. nuclear, I mean, just weird family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It doesn't, it's not all just like two kids, the dog, the white picket fence. Like it's (laughs) the reality is that all families are a giant fucking train wreck Mm -hmm. and they all have quirks and they all have these weird things. You you always have the weird family member and like, absolutely. (laughs) And, but I mean, that's what these stories are saying is that it, from that came the savior of the the cosmos. I mean, which is what's so powerful. Yes. From one of us. You read, I mean, if you read the genealogy of Jesus and Matthew, it's awesome. It's it's awesome, but it's mm-hmm. full of just miscreants <laughs> <Yes>. and liars <laughs> and cheaters and like, I mean, just just people who are just normal, just terrible human beings, basically. Yeah. Nor- normal, terrible. Yeah, I mean, seriously, but like we all have our awful moments, 
I mean, that it gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I'm a terrible human being, or I'm working on it uh, <laughs> through therapy. But like, it gives me a lot of hope for myself that, oh, so, I mean, Abraham was a liar, and Rahab yeah. was a, a prostitute, and like... And yet these are the greats of the faith. Yes, yeah. these are the people then Hebrews 11, like, oh, these people had faith. Like, yeah. oh, uh, oh, uh, okay, cool. So I'm not such a massive train wreck after all in God's well, eyes. Yeah. Okay, in God's eyes, not your eyes. I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> um, can we talk about immaculate conception, perpetual virginity, that yeah. idea? What What is, is your view on it? Sure. Um, and, and why is is that important or not important? Gotcha. Well, I find Mary's perpetual virginity to be very important. One, because I just ascribe to the idea that Jesus was the incarnate son of God. So that works for me. But beyond that, and in my thesis, where it becomes really important is it's how she maintains control over her own faculties. And that's part Mm. of what makes Mary so amazing for her time and period. The idea that a woman at this time could be a virgin and remain a virgin, even when a husband has taken her is just unheard of. And so while she is married, she clearly still maintains kind of this individual's individualness. Um, that I think we typically don't see, especially in the biblical stories. Once a woman married someone, she's just kind of absorbed into him. But Mary isn't that. If anything, Joseph kind of just becomes absorbed into her, and he just kind of floats away at some point in the story. (laughs) Yeah, we don't hear shit about him. Well, he probably didn't live long. No, especially not. I mean, with the... the, Ancient tradition of the church being he was so old. I mean, yeah. most feel he would have died shortly after the temple yeah. scene when Jesus gets lost, yeah, sure. quote unquote, in the temple. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love that perpetual virginity allows for Mary to maintain that. Now, what I argue in my paper and I think is really important is in this pursuit of Mary as an icon, it's her overarching themes. And where people make the mistake is, and we do this with anything in life, is we just get obsessed with the detail. And one of the details the church has gotten obsessed with is the virginity. Now, interestingly, the catechism says that Mary's virginity, the Roman Catholic catechism says that Mary's virginity is most truly a sign of her faithfulness. I mean, Mm. it's that simple. It was a way for her faithfulness to be revealed. Um, And clearly, we all have different ways of revealing our faithfulness. Sure. And so while I argue and keep Mary's perpetual virginity intact, I don't think that her specific sexuality should be mimicked for the sake of it. And I believe there's people who are called to celibate lives and people who are called to be monks and nuns, and that's great. The problem uh, with the church is it's oftentimes used Mary to try to force everyone into Mm -hmm. those categories. But that's not what Mary's virginity is about. It's most purely a sign of her faithfulness. And the catechism says it's just one of those signs. So there are many signs. Um, Immaculate conception is, uh, I mean, one could talk about that for eons and eons. Basically, (laughs) from the earliest days of the church, uh, from the earliest liturgies, Mary is always described as all pure or pangea, which means all holy or immaculate or immaculata. you know, and in time that in Roman Catholicism uh, became defined as a dogma, the Immaculate Conception in the mid 1800s, uh, which declared that Mary was free from sin at birth. Um, okay. And so that she walked in this holiness with the anticipation that she would be the vessel of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I think like that's open for debate, and it is. Yeah. Old Catholics debate that with Roman Catholics and, you know, <laughs> the Catholic Church as a whole. All those many segments of the One Holy Catholic Church are a little divided on that. It's like West Side Story. Yeah. Except with Mary. But the most important part <laughs> exactly. is... That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> That's, yeah. You like that? I pulled that out of nowhere. You like that? Here, <laughs> my snap. 
Okay. She's immaculate, um, or she's upheld this way uh, because we're called to be like her. And that's not saying that, you know, we're never going to make a mistake. But yet this idea that Jesus's mother is constantly calling us to walk in love and holiness and one that stretches us. And that's what we see in her life again and again. She's separated from her parents when she's young. At age 12, she's told you're going to marry someone. She has very little say in it. And yet, my argument is that she knows this is going somewhere. She knows her birth origin. She knows something happened and she's just got faith. And that's what I love about Mary. Um, we don't, oh, I feel like I could enter a theological like thing in the floor that opens and just sucks you the in old ra- the, old, the old rabbit hole. But uh, I think on some level, Jesus is fully human and fully divine. His human side had faith, no doubt. Um, but Mary's fully human. Even if she is yeah. preserved from sin in some way, she's still fully human. Mm. Um, and so in that sense, the fact that she makes this journey as fully human just really makes her compelling yeah. to me. Sure. Uh, in a really applicable way. I mean, she is the first Christian. She's the first one to carry Christ. She's the first mm. priest in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Our Lady, uh, which is a common title for Mary, means the bread giver. Mm-hmm. You know, she's Our Lady, the one who gives us the Eucharist and the bread. Uh, so, yeah, so Mary's raised in the temple. Eventually she leaves. She's with Joseph. It's this radical new family. And around the time of the Annunciation is when she's asked to make the temple veil, as Josh mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the story goes, they were recreating the veil that separated the Holy of Holies and the scarlet lot fell to Mary. Mm-hmm. And so when the ga- angel Gabriel comes to her, if you look at images of art or icons that are showing the Annunciation, oftentimes you'll notice in her hand or on the floor or next to her will be a scarlet, uh, like uh, spooling okay. materials and uh, yarn. And that's why that's there. But what I love about it is Josh mentioned earlier, it's like from that moment already, Mary is kind of prefiguring and pointing to the veil, not only with the body of her son that she's carrying. And Hebrews tells us that, you know, his sacrifice is that, yeah. you know, gets rid of that separation between us and God. Um, but that also that even that physical veil in the temple, like she's tied to both mm-hmm. and she's just always pointing to it's coming, it's coming, yeah. you know, and you will all get to experience what I have. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, that's what being a Christian is. It's falling in the ways of Christ, but it's ironically becoming so much like his mother because mm-hmm. she was the first one to do it and set the prototype yeah. for it. Yeah. And then we come to the Annunciation. And of course there, it's just once again an argument for women to have rights over their own bodies. You know, God comes and through the Archangel Gabriel, but he has to ask. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's so poignant. And I think it's really easy to skip over that. Yeah. But it does take Mary's full permission for this miracle to happen. So there was consent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really important we don't miss over that. One could argue... Um, you know, but did she really have a choice? Her whole life was destined this. But I think she's a pretty strong woman, and we'll get to a story that really highlights that in a second. Um, but she knew from the beginning what was going on, and I think she had the choice like any of us. Yeah. But yeah. that faith was just secure, and she continued to walk in it, even when the situations were crazy, even when they didn't mm-hmm. look to be the most convenient or most hospitable. She kept going for it, and mm-hmm. that's just that's amazing—the strength that she shows. Yeah, it's and very you know, powerful. That's that's interesting. To, I mean, I feel like in um, in the the life circumstances that I found myself in the last year, uh, it makes me wish that I had grown up with a, a stronger emphasis on on Mary's story. That like that the story of her, you know, the, the fiat of Mary. I, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that that willingness to the the action of the, of the divine um because the 
you know, God, you know, the God works all things for good is basically the, the evangelical, you know, like kind of milk toast version of that. And it's not as powerful as this mm-hmm. idea of, of, um, acquiescence to, to what the divine is trying to do within you and sir and around you. And this, this like trust that, that it will, um, drive you to where, wherever it is going. Um, you know, I was, I was actually speaking with, with my spiritual director earlier today and, and this idea of, of, you know, allowing the, al- allowing the question of what is God trying to, how is God trying to love you into this situation? I mean, I, I've, I've, I feel like I've strayed so far from thinking of God as a personal being that like, it takes a great effort to draw me back mm-hmm. into this personal conception, but Mary does a good job of doing that. It, it, it sort of allows me to short circuit the, the, that masculine form of the personal God mm-hmm. and instead encounter the divine feminine in a way where I can, I can offer up and say, you know, yeah, let, let it be. Um, whatever that's going to look like. Yeah. That's, that's a, it's a beautiful I mean, let image. Let it be. It's, yeah. it's profound. Yeah, absolutely. It's also a Beatles song. It's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's one, uh, there's an extra story in the Proto-Evangelium that's not in the Annunciation. Bonus uh, content. Well, yeah, bonus <laughs> content. We need to save so that for an extra episode. <laughs> only do we have the veil. They were doing bonus content 2,000 years before podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> But we have this, what's called the water of ordeals. And if you're up on your Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, it may sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's a drink that people were made to take if there was questions as to paternity and what was mm-hmm. going on. I mean, some would argue it was even an early form of an abortion side, basically. Yeah. Um, but in the Proto-Evangelium, both, both Joseph and Mary are made to drink of the water of ordeal. Hmm. I love that because we never see that happening to men before. You know, it's just the woman. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's yeah. kind of like how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this story, both of them take it. And I just love that little nod to gender equality really mm-hmm. early on in the Christian mm-hmm. tradition. And I think that had to have been purposeful. Yeah, in a time when that was not a thing. No. Yeah. And yeah. yet we see it being cultivated in the early Christian mm-hmm. tradition, you know, because we have yeah. St. Paul, there is no longer male or female. And I think yep. that's what they're trying to get at here. Uh, but they both drink the water. They go out into the hillside and they both are fine. And it's after they come back and are fine that the people start on some level to believe them. But I just weave that into our own journeys in life and in faith. Um, you know, we're going to have ordeals and mm-hmm. we're going to have seasons where no one is going to believe us, especially if we're daring to go outside of the boundary yep. of what's been expected. And we got to accept that just like Mary did. I mean, it had to have been horrifying and yet she drank those waters. And in a metaphorical way, I think especially when people are deconstructing and coming to their own faith, it's kind of like drinking the waters and everyone's going to think you're insane. They're going to think you're out there, you're wrong. Um, But the fruits of your labor will show, you know, and if you're walking in love and that's what we see with Mary, she kept walking in love and the fruits of her labor became clear. That's good shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a free podcast. It's a free podcast. Oh man! Did we answer Heather's questions? Uh, well, I have, I have um, uh, one more question. I think okay. it's I think it's important to to address. Um, can you talk about the patriarchy's role in Mariology? The patriarchy's role. Well, I would say that in general, it's been pretty high. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, more feminist-minded Marianists are perhaps not the most common thing, and yet. I don't think it's unfair to say that through church history, there's always been a glimmer of that. I mean, Mary has always stood as kind of this icon for women. And no matter what the church wanted to use her life to teach, I think so many women have constantly found resource in her uh, and in in having relationship with her. Um, And so, 
I think the patriarchy is ever present, but I think Mary's story speaks louder if we're but willing to hear it. Hmm. Um, I don't think the patriarchy has covered it up. I think it's still there. I think we can dig it out and find all those redeeming moments and really hear Mary's voice. Um, But you do got to dig. You've got to dig and you've got to get past just kind of the expectations of perhaps what you've been raised with or heard before. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that in... Again, in my experience, I even, as I said, I, I looked to that story of Samuel, but my first impulse, be, I, partially because of the, the training I've received um, and, and just the, the culture we live in, is to scan her story into his, his yeah. instead of the other way around. And then and then growing up, Mary is simply just the, the literally the vessel for Christ. That's mm-hmm. it. That's like, that is her, her mm-hmm. role, which is interesting that, you know, entire entire versions of Christianity were... were um, excommunicated because of the, you know, the, the controversy between the Theotokos and the, and mm-hmm. the Christotokos or whatever. I can't ever say it correctly, but Christotokos or however Christikos you say that. Christikos and yes, Theotokos. Yeah, yeah, so that, like that, that Nestorianism Once you two controversy, get right? I know. It's, <laughs> gosh, gosh, it's so beautiful. Speak Greek to but, um, but no, like that, that controversy, like we want to just come, like pretend that she's just the thing that gets us to, to Christ, but like... She's the thing that gets her, us to the other thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but like... Yeah, yeah. She, no, she's the thing that caused entire groups of Christians to be outlawed from the rest of the faith. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, in the fifth, I mean, that's amazing yeah. that we've just ignored it and allowed it to go, you know, it unspoken. is. I'll have to jump in a little. It is important that that whole was of course over the, whether Christ was human or right. divine. Yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't so much just about her, but she did get a very big uh, shout out because of the <laughs> yeah. decision that he was truly the son. That of was God. nice of Cyril, wasn't it? That was, yeah. that was, that was cute of him. <laughs> All right. But the uh, oldest, just to throw out there yeah. real quick, um, the oldest documented prayer to Mary uh, pops up before Constantine, uh-huh. which just for all of our lovely Protestant listeners and those who are oftentimes raised to think that like liturgy, Eucharist, Mary, none of this existed till after Constantine, we do discover it all long before. Mm-hmm. And don't forget the Proto-Evangelium 140 AD, just saying. And Constantine <laughs> fucked everything up. <laughs> My Constantine. God. Constantine's why we have Trump. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to be you technical about it, there. you can jump drawing that line. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, we made it how far into the podcast. Uh, let's talk about Heather, Heather's questions yeah. of how should Mary play should Mary play a role in our modern prayer lives, and um, is she an intercessory or, or, or what role does she role does she play in, in where we're at now? Yeah, um, I mean, at her core, she is the mother. And uh, when Christ died, um, you know, we know from the Gospel of John that he looked down at St. John and he said, Behold your mother. And he looked at his mother and said, Behold your son. And I believe that Christ looks at his mother and says, Behold all your children. Hmm. And Hmm. that's just kind of been the traditional belief of the church is that her role is as mother. And, um, you know, what was your question again? Uh, What, how how do we connect with Mary? Yeah. And then, does she play a role in our modern prayer lives? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that's up to everyone's choice, of course. But for me, she does play a part in my prayer life uh, because it's just so natural to me. And it was natural to, um, when you look through the Hebrew Bible, you'll notice whenever a king is mentioned, the queen mother is mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Psalms, we're told that the queen stands at the right hand of the king, um, and the king in this psalm is believed to be God. And his queen stands at his right hand and is robed in the gold of Ophir. Uh, in the book of Revelation, we have her standing on the moon with the stars over her head, and she's giving birth to Christ and like cooking, kicking Satan's butt all at the same time. 
Um, and so she is constantly present and wherever Christ is, Mary is present because Christ took his flesh from Mary. And we believe that when Christ ascended, he maintained his humanness. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, for those who are communion is important to, uh, one can't deny that the body and blood of Christ we receive in communion somehow links us right back to Mary. Yeah. Because if it's, his, if it's his true flesh and true blood, well, then where do you get it from? But Mary, if we're at least looking through uh, traditional theological beliefs. Um, so I think Mary is constantly there to support us. I think, do we have to pray to Mary? Does she have to be a part of her prayer life? No, probably not. Does our own mother have to be a part of our life? No. But I think most of us want them to be, at least if the relationship works sure. out. And with Mary, the promise is, is that it will always work out. And that's what makes her so amazing to Interesting. me. Um, that she's that mother who will be there regardless. Nothing's going to scare her off. She's seen it all. She's been there. She stood at the foot of the cross, and she experienced Christ's crucifixion right along with him. And if you don't believe that, I just think you have to talk to a mother. And any mother that's seen their kid murdered before their eyes will tell you they were murdered right there with their kid. That's how it works. Talk to a black mother. Exactly. I mean, that's watched their son get gunned down for holding a cell phone. Like, yeah. And that's who Our Lady is. And she, she was never the same from that moment on. And in that moment at the cross, she became the mother of the church. We, the Catholics teach. And, and Christ basically said, you know, here she is. She's here yeah. for you to love all of mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really amazing in a religion that is so patriarchal based. And we typically see um, God the creator and as a father, or so many do. And it tends to be very male gendered. But then here is this mother figure who's eventually, according to Catholic belief, uh, assumed into heaven and then crowned queen mm-hmm. and has this coronation. Um, but she doesn't have her coronation until her life is over, until she's successfully walked through that progressive journey and then Christ Mm -hmm. crowns her, which of course is nothing different Mm -hmm. than we all hope for on some level. Sure. And then we get to turn around and kind of throw those crowns at Christ's feet. But I believe that Mary keeps hers on because come on, she's Mary. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to think of Mary, I like to say, I saw a share show once, (laughs) a share concert and it, and I've always loved share. And it literally ended with her, like they put her on this little board thing with like a church window arc behind her, and then they floated her all throughout the room. Mm-hmm. But I just thought like, I mean, that's Mary. I mean, she was in gold, just like the lady in the Psalms, the gold of Ophir. And here was Cher coming at each of us. But that's just what Mary's doing. She's always constantly coming with yeah. her love and giving us an opportunity. And for people who have had their heads beaten over with Christ in a way that is not Christ-like, mm-hmm. and I think Mary can oftentimes start to create a little bridge yeah she can say no see my real son see my true son not the one that people have told you about Mm -hmm. but the one that i raised the one that i you know broke the rules so that i could have the one who broke the rules during his life so that you could be free and that's the jesus that mary wants to give to us um and then uh you know there's always this i think this fear well like if we pray to mary does that mean like we gotta pray twice as much to Jesus? And how do we work all this <laughs> For every out? Ave Maria. And, yeah. How do we keep this? Do I keep a chart? Is this how does this work? And the best response to that is, uh, what son uh, doesn't want his mother to receive love and praise? Yeah. You know, uh, there probably are sons out there like that, but there's either a bad situation with the mother, or that's probably a son who hasn't quite developed as much as they need to. But Christ is Christ; he has no worries. Like he's God incarnate. If we believe yeah. the creeds, yeah. he can handle his mother getting a little love and praise, <laughs> knowing that it just leads people closer to God's holy ways. Yeah. Nice. 
Well, I think especially for this for this podcast, for a lot of the listeners who are, are struggling in that that space, mm-hmm. particularly regarding prayer, on to whom am I praying now? I just I just don't know. Yeah. What does that even mean? Um, that idea of having. I mean, I know that the language use it was used in the question is sort of a negative sense, but this this intercessor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you were having someone that I just I cannot do Jesus right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot yeah. do God the Father as I've come to understand yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Spirit is just so ethereal. So like, th- there's this this other icon, mm-hmm. you know, to to approach and to use as the the, you know, again, the, yeah, the icon that allows you to 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 fall into this this moment of of communion with with God. That's um. I'm not sure about Jesus, but his mom's awesome, right? Yeah, like that kind of thing. I mean, like that's Jesus essentially what it is. Got yeah. it going on. And I think that's wow. a natural place. Really, for a lot of I had to bring it up. Gosh. Now we just found the title for the episode. No, we're not. No, <laughs> no, absolutely do not. I, no, I don't. Nope. I said that reluctantly. Nope. Let's not. Nope. There's just something about Mary. Um, <laughs> so can can you explain? This is just for my personal yeah. benefit. Explain Hail Marys. Okay, so uh, the Hail Mary is two parts. Um, Michael's looking for a new prayer ritual. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, we're, we're right now we're kind of looking at practices as something. Mm-hmm. I bought a Mary candle at Kroger. Mm-hmm. It was on sale, like 60 cents. I bought one after I read your thesis. <laughs> How can you say no to a 60-cent like, Mary like, candle? fuck right? yeah. <laughs> it's, Kro- it's from Kroger. It's got to be, like, blessed or something. Maybe. (laughs) Not sure about that, but but yeah, Yeah. I'll bless it for you if you want. Uh, But the Hail Mary, of course, the first part is totally scripture. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed Mm -hmm. art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And these two parts, uh, part of it's from the Archangel Gabriel's message to her at Mm -hmm. the Annunciation, and then the other part is when she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth declares, blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. And it's at that point that Mary declares the magnificent, where she says the lowly will be yeah. brought up. The yes. fra- I mean, it's just the, yes. all this power, yeah. prophetic words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, man, mm. does it preach to our time. And like, if for nothing else, you got to love Mary for the magnificent. Yeah. I mean, whew, that's powerful. It's in Luke, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And uh, basically everything about Mary's in Luke. Yeah. And church tradition would say that's because when Luke wrote the gospel of Luke, he sat down with Mary and was close with her, you know. Debatable historically, but that's why it's Mary's there a lot yeah. in theory. Um, and then the second part is the petition. Holy Mary, Mother of God. And Mother of God was used clearly from at least the 300s, if not mm-hmm. before. And then it became at the council around 450 uh, for sure. And it was a way of backing up Christ's divinity. But whole, uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of death. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea here is... Uh, Pray for us sinners, first acknowledging weakness. And I tell you, I had a, I prayed this prayer for about four years saying, pray for us lovers now and at the hour of death, huh. because I just couldn't deal with the sinner. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I had come yeah. from. Well, you've been told that your whole life. Yeah. yeah, and it was so linked to my sexuality, and it was just hard to know what that word sure. meant. And it took about four years to come back to finding the beauty of that mm-hmm. word and the human acceptance, like mm-hmm. how human it is just to admit it's a that. Tricky, it's a tricky word. But There's it is, a lot depending of on baggage you've yeah. word. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now and at the hour of our death, amen. And now and at the hour of our death is because who doesn't want their mother nearby if they yeah. were passing when they could? Yeah. I think that's a pretty common human experience. As, as we grow older, we lose our parents, and then we're reaching the end. And people oftentimes say, oh, if I could just you know, see my mom or dad. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. there's this natural desire if Mary is our mother because of Christ's sacrifice and because of her journey with Christ and giving us Christ, then we want her to be present um, in our lives and at the hour of our death. And the pray for us is 
just this idea that whether we're dead or alive in Christ Jesus, all are alive. And there's one yeah. united family of God and that death cannot separate us. And so we pray for the dead and we believe they pray for us because we just don't believe that this temporal limitation of death. If Christ destroyed death by death and bestowed tomb, uh, bestowed life on those in the tombs, as one of the Paschal hymns goes, um, then there's got to be a way that we can maintain that community with all of our brothers and sisters. Yep. Uh, but the oldest, the oldest written prayer to Mary is not the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary has only been in use as we know it um, in its complete intact form for about a thousand years. But before that was another prayer called the Subtum Praesdium, which means beneath thy protection. And I'll read right. that to you. Under your patronage, we take refuge, Holy Mother of God. Our petitions do not despise in necessities, but of all dangers deliver us always, glorious virgin and blessed. Mm. And there's a lot of images of artwork that you'll see of Mary where her cloak is out and there's kind of people huddled under her cloak or her mm. mantle. And um, that all tracks back to this prayer and the idea just of Mary being this loving mother who puts out her mantle mm. and is just there mm. for us all. And it's not that Christ isn't. It's just that we're a family and Christ yeah. has no issue with his mama helping us out. <laughs> Sweet. Mama that's got awesome. mama got this. Yeah, that is awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, that's I, good stuff. That was a beautiful piece of work. Yep. It's <sighs> so good. It's so good. And I, I hope uh, when the book comes out, um, <laughs> we'll buy eight copies. Good deal. <laughs> So, um, and everyone else will, we'll, we'll, and in the book, you'll get the later life of the Virgin and stuff. We never oh, talked about sweet. Nice. Oh, bonus content. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll have to have you back on one every year when, when the book drops. There we go. <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm really going to have to do this book. Yep. You yep. Got to. You're, you're, yeah. you're dedicated. Yep. You're, you're in it now. Yep. There's no backing out. Put the heat on Daniel. <laughs> um, okay. So any final thoughts for No, we that was great, through? man. Yeah. Thanks for coming up to do that. That was yeah. awesome. My right. honor, thank you. Yep. All right, uh, five-star reviews. We got two of them. All right. This one's called Outstanding Podcast by at Brian Frazier 921 Oh, Brian. It's, I know him. Do you? I've seen him about town. I don't know if he's in the pub. His wife is definitely in the pub. Okay. I th- he, I, he may be in the pub. Is he? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, the brothers Polly and Michael are my long-lost bearded brothers. Hey, the first, buddy. The first portion of this auditory experience speaks to my inner Beavis and butthead. Oh, gosh. It is the teaspoon of sugar that helps the medicine go down. <laughs> yes, I did drop a Beavis and Butthead and a Mary Poppins reference in the same review. The medicine being the meat of the matter. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one go. Phrasing. All right. Being the meat of the matter called further up and further in. They have guests and conversations that inspires and educates and helps us that have left the black and white world of evangelicalism and now live in the wonderful gray of real life. It is also one of the few podcasts that my wife and I agree on. <laughs> oh, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And then this one is called, I'm all, there's several curse words. They all have stars, but I'm just going to read them. Uh, this is called The Fourth Asshole by okay. Christopher Allen Maloney. Oh, Maloney's yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, dudes, this is the only podcast that makes me feel like I'm actually part of the discussion. You three assholes sitting around a table talking shit. 
Well, it just makes me want wow. to be the. <laughs> well, it just want, makes me want to be the fourth asshole. I recently drove to Virginia and back from Massachusetts and listened to your crap for the entire drive. It kept me company and helped me resist highway hypnosis. Love you guys. Also, I really, really like all the new sound effects. Seriously, keep them coming. <laughs> He's. I'm very excited. Right that's now. exactly right. He's one of the few that like all the sound effects. That makes one of you. <laughs> that makes one of you. Yep. 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 So thanks, Christopher. Appreciate it. And Brian. <laughs> go ahead. I'm done. That's it. That's all I got. All right. All right. Let's go to Twitter feedback. Yeah, let's do it. Um. All right, Brad. So you get it. since Brad's gone, you have to hear me read again. I apologize. Neat. Uh, honorable mention: Jin okay. Riddle, and this had to be an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, it was in response to Diana Butler Bass last week. Mm-hmm. Um. And our, our, our tweet about her said, love her, both at Pastors Podcast and Diana Butler Bass got mentions in my Easter sermon. Nice. So what the hell? Yeah, that's not the first time that's happened, I think. That's, I don't know. It's still phenomenal. Yeah, that's Honorable awesome. Mention. Uh, number 10, Nathan Miller West at Namway Design. Um, at Pastors Podcast, I used to go to the local hashtag movie shop all the time. Sadly, a mega church uh, bought it uh, probably so they can play hashtag Passion of the Christ every year. Hashtag Slop Your Hogs. So had to include that one because that was the last last second uh, call out to use that one. Uh, number nine, Ryan M at Pop Pop in the Attic. <laughs> um, the very fact that you call it that means you're not ready for it. Yep. Uh, at Pastors Podcast, I'm I'm getting the burning runs just listening to you guys talk about the Carolina Reaper beef jerky. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. There weren't any like nasty side effects I remember from that. It was just it was hot and that was it. Yeah. So. Coming in at number eight, Stephen Dunn at Steve Dunn's Beard. Or maybe Stephen Dunn's Beard. I might have wrote that. No, I think that's, it's, that's a track. It's Steve Dunn's Beard. Is it? Okay. Yeah, that's a direct copy. Uh, Indiana natives that are Cardinals fans are gutless bandwagoners Ugh. at me all day. I'm not doing this with him. I already added him. I'm not doing this with him. Nope. At uh, Pastors Podcast, um, hashtag slop your hogs, hashtag go Cubs go, hashtag takes hotter than MJ. Does he really the Cubs aren't in Indiana? They're Adjacent, Indiana adjacent. Well, so Cincinnati and St. Louis sort of is, ish, mm. compared to the rest of the major league teams. Well, yeah. yeah, but not really adjacent. Okay, whatever. Move on. I'm not doing this with him. All right, number seven. I've already shared my opinion. So you say. I've already yeah, shared my opinion. Team? No. Yeah. I'm a game priest. Yeah. <laughs> sports just don't make it into the top what are, of my house. What are sports? <laughs> what are sports? <laughs> oh, that sounded like inappropriate. <laughs> water sports. Water sports? Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven. That may, maybe that's something different yes. in the gay community than it yes. is anywhere else. I'm not really um, sure. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, uh, Doubting Thomas. Okay. Um, faster Than Gravy. Okay. Uh, at Faster Than Gravy. Okay. Uh, at Pastor's Podcast, I listen every week. One week, you have me ready to abandon faith. The next, <laughs> the next I'm ready to reconsider my faith. Neat. Hashtag fuck you guys. Hashtag but seriously, I love you guys. Hashtag but seriously, fuck you guys. Hashtag slop your hogs. So. Hmm. I'm not really sure how to feel about that whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Lot, yeah. Kind of a mixed bag there. <laughs> yep. Uh, number six, Brian <laughs> Frazier. He's back. Hey. Oh, he gets a Twitter mention. This was unplanned. Uh, at Pastors Podcast, uh, was disappointed this week when none of you had hashtag soul withering diarrhea. 
Yeah, that's kind of too obvious. That could really be about any week, if we're yeah. honest. All right. Number five, uh, 69th Twistered at Turd Named Alley. Um, this is a thing now. It's uh, a thing. Uh, grateful for guaranteed laughs on Thursday with At Pastors Podcast. You guys are the best. Hashtag slop your hogs. Hashtag uh, get in the pub. Hashtag dollar general podcasts. Yep. Uh, number four, Eugenie Bauman. X liturgatrix liturgatrix. I, I have to look at it. It's not that. It's liturgic. No, stop. Tricks. Just no. Uh, she used to be a lawyer. Now she's training to be a priest. So that's that's all you need to know. Liter. liter oh my god! Liter. Just read it, Michael. All right. One of my favorite episodes with one of my favorite authors of all time. It's a good day. Yep. In terms of at Diana Butler Bass. Yep. Uh, number three, Kelly Weber at Kells. Underscore Schwell. Yeah. Uh, listening to At Pastors Podcast uh, interview Diana Butler Bass. Heart, 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 heart. Hashtag uh, mind blown. You guys got to get a listen to Schwell. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's good stuff. Get in the Schwell. Yep. Well, we haven't really talked about it on here. We talked yes, about we it did. in our bonus content. Oh, we did. That's yeah, right. Yeah, bonus content. Yeah, the Schwell. Uh, Schwell.com, I think, is their website. Falsani's new. It's Kathleen Falsani and her best friend, Kelly Weber, who's training to be a spiritual director also. I think she's I think she's a teacher as well. I think. I'm pretty sure she is. Anyway, it's an audio magazine. It's good. It's it's a podcast actually, but it's an audio magazine. They put out like five or six episodes every week or so. Yeah. Like different le- different lengths of interviews. They have things called meta M E T A Tations. Um, I really like those. Those are so good. Yeah. The last one was like four different mantras that Tiknat Han mentioned. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's just really good. It's just a lot of different types of content. So all right, number two, uh, Christopher Maloney at Maloney's Movies. Uh, am I the only one who likes all the new sound effects? Yes, you uh, are. Yeah. These are what make me. These are what make me laugh the most. <laughs> Don't you dare stop! Don't you dare! Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> all right, that's enough of that. Enough, Michael. All right, uh, I and see, then, I could talk Golden Girls. Okay, <laughs> let's sports. I can't. No, 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 no. no. Time out. Time out. No. Golden Girls. Uh, damn what, it, Daniel. What are you, Daniel? Are you? So how about the Cardinals? Uh, yeah. You. Uh, uh, let me guess. Uh, you're not a rose. You, I, you're not a Blanche. I'm a bit of a combo. I feel like. What are you? What are you? I don't know. I mean, Dorothy, I've, are you Dorothy? I do have a lot of Dorothy, but I do have a bit of Rose. I wish <laughs> I'll just admit it. <laughs> it's raining <laughs> just, just, just putting it out there. I'm very excited. Right <laughs> That's now. great. All right. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm. Proud. We're on number one. All right. Number one. I don't have a drum roll, but I have this. Oh no! Ah. There we go. <laughs> That'll do. I like this a lot better. Really loud. It is pretty shrill. All right. we'll, we'll turn that down for next time. Uh, uh, number one, Shannon McDonald at Shannon MC 011. Hammer. Yeah, 011. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it has. What is it, a Radiohead album? <laughs> well, um, speaking binary. Um, at Pastor's Podcast, sitting on my Casper mattress, eating my Blue Apron meal, looking at my Squarespace website, wishing I was at Dollar General instead. Hashtag rethinking life choices. Well done. Hashtag sponsors need to get woke. Hashtag slap dogs. So. Well done. That's awesome. 
All right. Uh, hashtags. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. this, this song is uh, from Laura Beth, mutual friend. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Okay. And Haley, a little shop well, of we horse. We paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Haley's coming up on a, a, a um, turd talk. Turd talk. Nice. nice. Yeah. Awesome. Be good. All right. I've got uh, Josh's classist. I've got uh, hashtag it's American Chinese. You literally just hit the mic with your forehead. <laughs> no, I hit it with oh. the uh, headphones. Uh, hashtag again. it's American Chinese. Uh, hashtag Great Wall of America. Hashtag Matt Damon in the Great Wall. Yes. <laughs> hashtag you have to stand up with pregnant women. I don't even know what that's from. What is that that's even the, from? On, 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 the the, on the bus. Stand up four Oh, God. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's more got, of like a subway got, specific yeah. one. <laughs> hashtag cat high five. <laughs> hashtag I'd be really sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that from, Ethan? Uh, uh, oh, that had to do with catnap. catnap. Yeah, catnip. Uh, I, I also think that have, actually makes you... Doesn't that make you more hyper? Yeah, it makes you hyper. Uh, that's right. uh, I've got hashtag Michael's catnip. Uh, hashtag a little metallic and stiff. Got <laughs> 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 that one. Hash, hashtag a tail up front. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my winner. Uh, hashtag are you sure that's not formaldehyde? <laughs> from, from, from Daniel's waking nightmare uh, Hashtag her carpet looks like a Jackson Pollock <laughs> that, oh God I just realized that has multiple meanings <laughs> Son of a bitch <laughs> that, what, what other meanings are there? Does anybody want to explain it to him? or Her carpet Oh gotcha Thank you Okay Got that, it That's now my front Got runner. it uh, hashtag weakest set of bars ever. And then, <laughs> what was that from? Uh, from the rap. The, 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 the mixtape yeah. and the Happy Meal. <laughs> oh, we could do hashtag Happy Meal mixtape. That's one we could do. That's a good one. Uh, hashtag and then hashtag people named Ox. Hmm. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> Your carpet looks like Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It gets um, better with age. It's uh, a fine wine. I've got a hashtag Dick Fitzwell. <laughs> it's Richard. It's Richard Rick, for you. Richard Fitzwell. <laughs> um, got a hashtag lots of catnip. Hashtag deep itch. <laughs> uh, hashtag easy to, easy to push it in. Hashtag, oh. meta- <laughs> hashtag metallic and stiff. Hashtag Michael's handicapped. Or Michael's handicap. <laughs> Those are two different things. <laughs> Sweet Lord. It's a tripod. <laughs> Hashtag Stephen Roach Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, might be an actual at somewhere, probably. probably. He might have a Twitter. <laughs> uh, this is from the, the Foofy. Hashtag old and still going at it. There you go. Hashtag there explain Hail Marys. <laughs> Hashtag mama's got this. And then here at the end, hashtag gay water sports. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've got um, hashtag Brad is dead to me. Hashtag. See, we can't do that. We can't drag can't it. it. If you're going to tell us to be a man, <laughs> to drag him. Yeah, you can't no, make him the hashtag. I had to put it on there just for me. Yeah. Uh, hashtag <laughs> Richard Fitzwell. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Asian Fusion. Uh, hashtag Come for the Content. Nope. Nope. 
I'm uh, XNA in that one. Uh, hashtag all Little jangled kid. up. Uh, hashtag thunderclap. <laughs> hashtag tripod status. Uh, hashtag get in the bed. Get in the bed. Uh, hashtag speak Greek to each other. <laughs> And good, good catch. That was good. Hashtag water sports. <laughs> and uh, hashtag the fourth asshole. <laughs> and hashtag Jesus's mama's got it going on. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're not doing that. You know, that's the winner. And that is not the that's title. That's the winner. That is not the winner. Give us some of the hashtag. Okay, it's so the title. Of, of mine, I would go with uh, um, a tail up front <laughs> or her carpet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Those are my two from mine. What do you have from yours? Um, Metallic and Stiff still really, <laughs> really is pretty great. Um, Mama's Got This is, is apropos. Dick Fitzwell is great. I, mean, I, I like Richard Fitzwell. <laughs> I, although I, I really do love the uh, Jackson Pollock reference. That's pretty great. <laughs> What was the full Jackson Pollock? Her carpet looks like a Jackson Pollock. Or you just like carpet like a Jackson Pollock. Carpet like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> we could do that. Oh, man. That's, that's pretty on brand. Do you, do you have right. a vote? I do not. No, I'm just staying. probably better for you. Better to stay out of this yes. one, yeah. Um, okay, well, is that what we want to do? Yeah. Carpet, carpet like, like a, a Jackson Pollock. All right, so if you listen to this episode... In its entirety, um, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag carpet looks like a Jackson no, Pollock. carpet like a Jackson Pollock. Carpet like a Jackson Pollock. Yeah. P-O-L-L-O-C-K. Yeah. yeah. Pollock. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. At Pauline Matt. At the J.M. Casey. At Father Daniel Stores. Oh, you yeah. changed it. You did change it. You did change I, it. I, I have it in the show notes for sure. At uh, FR Daniel Stores. Yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. The abbreviation. Daniel S T O R R S. I don't know if I follow you. I do now. Oh, yes. There you go. Yep. Um, so. I don't do much on there. I'm a little boring. I'll be on you're, you're on Instagram now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know what that is either. Uh, it's between heaven and oh, earth. Oh, between heaven and earth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff too. Lots of icons and yeah. yeah. So hit us up and with pictures the of and pictures of his Father Daniel. What? Stores. S T O R R S. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pastards Podcast, Instagram, and Glorious Pastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, closing time, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcast. Uh, check out our website, ingloriouspastards.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Support us on Patreon to join uh, the Pastards Pub, get access to the to our spinoff podcasts, Hymns of Reconstruction, Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, Special Music, uh, Bice Around. And come for even- the bonus content. <laughs> Bice around and even help shape the content of this show, like Heather, like Heather G. Andrea. Yes, G. Andrea. Yeah, and uh, Sarah Khan. Khan. Yes. So go to patreoncom slash podcast Um, with that, any closing words? Nope, play this bitch off. Thanks for thanks thanks for both of you for coming. Yes. And, and helping out. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. It was good stuff. Yeah, I got a lot to think about now. Check out our friends, the Twisted Sisters, on their uh, Apple Podcast feed. Who? Never heard of them. Twisty Sisties. Just Google that on jizzmuzzle.com. 
Jizzmuscle.com goes to our, our website. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, just don't rent your house out to that website. <laughs> yes. 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 Don't rent it. Or us, actually. Don't rent yeah. your house out to that. Yeah. Too. Just a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. We are looking for a location for the next live show. Yeah. So if you, we won't leave any Jackson Pollock stains. <laughs> I promise. As far as you know. <laughs> we won't put that in the contract, at least. <laughs> don't, don't use a black light. <laughs>